are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. It's Thursday here at the Louisville Business School, Big X Sports Radio Studios, and this is the Mike Rutherford Show. No, that handsome voice you're hearing, it's not Mike. Mike is uh, having a dance party with Mickey right now. We're, we're calling him Mickey Rutherford. We'll change the name. Instead, it's from the morning show, 7 to 9, Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Nick Roush, joined... By the scooter dingus, Justin Bustin Kalen. And we've got somebody in the the producer studio yeah. sitting in your seat. This is weird. We're in the same room, Scoots. I, I kinda like it, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. I know I like I'm in good there. hands over on the other side of the wall. So. Well let, let's introduce him. I, I we had a brief high five, but I need you to tell me more about our producing extraordinaire. I, I'm whole I'm new to this game as well. I mean I I don't know Roman any better than you. I mean, maybe a little bit better, but not a whole lot, but yeah, we've got Roman back. Roman Kelly back with us here today. What's up, Roman? What's going on? What's going on? Roman, it's a pleasure to get to know you. And if it's anything like uh, Scoots over here, the next three hours is going to be an adventure learning about your life and all of the strange trips. I'm sure you haven't done as nearly as many shenanigans as this guy, though. <laughs> not yet, no. I've, I do have a good amount under my belt, but probably not as many as Scoots. Okay, well... Roman, we're going to get to know you more throughout the next three hours, but it's not going to be all Roman radio, which that, I mean, no wonder Jim Rome. got a ring to it. I know. Jim Rome's been on the air for a while. It's probably just because the name, a little (laughs) bit of alliteration went a long way. But we're going to spend the next three hours talking all sports here in the Kentucky Anna area. I know there's some Louisville fans right now who were expecting to hear Mike, and then they get roused, and they're like, oh, I'm going to turn this off. Well, you're a Louisville fan. Don't, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go that far. <laughs> Many have said. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy called Fighting Northern Cardinal Birds that tweets at me every day. Just uh, Nick Brom over here. Uh, so we are going to talk about the cards. They lost to Notre Dame last night. We're going to talk the Cats, who lost to LSU last night. We're going to talk the Hoosiers, who also lost last night. Bunch of losers. And there's, there's just a lot going on in the sports world. From spring training beginning in three minutes on ESPN, we need it. We need a TV in here, Scoots. That, you should have got here earlier. You could have hung it for us. I, I don't... I mean, do you want me to just hold up the TV so we can watch it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think we're going to do the John Spears and just talk baseball the whole time. Um, but I, I've also got a guest who's going to talk a little NBA with us. Hey-o. So, uh, a plethora of topics at our fingertips as well as the big news from the college football world today about the new EA Sports video game. That's all anybody wants to talk about online. Uh, we're going to get to that and so much more. But don't forget, we need 
need you to be part of the show as well. Three hours. We're used to two scoots. At oh, least yeah. I am. Yeah. So three hours. It's I'm a long haul. Now. Need to get your text into the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 is the number you text in. We'll read it on the show. As Rutherford says, stop on in one of their 17,000 area locations. Oh, that's too little. Oh, it's... It, he, he's he's forty four thousand or north. Okay, every time. All right, so at least forty four thousand. Which we've got one right next to the studio. I stopped by one today on my way home from the morning show. So there's there's a lot. I, it, to prepare for this show, I wasn't kidding, Scoots, when I said that we have a lot of topics. I did something that I rarely do. I never do for our show because mm-hmm. I have to. I'm sidekick, right? It's so, all, well, and it's all ingrained in your brain. Right, right. And it's you, know, only, you know what's going to be the topics coming into the day. and It's two hours, too. Yeah. I mean, you, if you can't do two hours of radio with a text line and right. Hogwarts talk with Scoots, then, you know, like, what, what are you doing? Uh, but I actually, I wrote down topics today. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven topics. That's, you think we'll hit them all? Uh, we even have subtopics to the topics, and I've even got some sound if we want to play sound. This is a little more complex than normal. Much more complex. And what is going on outside? Oh, you're going to see some crazy stuff. From three to six in this studio, when with these parents picking their kids up, you're going to hear car alarms. You're going to hear okay. screaming kids. Just so, just prepare yourself just for pre- that now. Prepare for we, chaos. We even saw a kid one day drop his lunchbox. The car drove off, and we were, we were talking about it, and- the car comes by, crushes the lunchbox. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's no. upsetting. You, I, you uh, never know what you're going to see. So I, I don't know about you, Roman, but I, I wasn't a big toy kid when I was a kid. My favorite toy, per se, it, it was two. It was the big wheel, which probably weren't in fashion by the time you were coming around. But it was uh, the Fisher-Price basketball goal and the little mini basketball goals. You, you had some of those mini basketball goals, oh, yeah. Roman, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love the mini basketball goal. Yeah. Well, I had probably three of those mini basketballs at my house. I had one at my grandma's. But my favorite was, uh, you know, it's just a little little Wildcat, right? It had the Wildcat logo on it. Um, I had a cool one that my parents got for me at an SEC tournament that had every SEC school on it. That was really cool. But one time I went to my grandmother's and I wanted to take my cool Wildcat ball with me. Well... We were playing hard. I forgot forgot the basketball. Mm. Van's pulling out of the driveway, and we hear a... Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. The, the UK basketball was underneath the car, and it shot out like a cannon. It didn't pop it. It, like, squeezed it and then launched it across the street, and... When they went to get it, I was obviously in tears because that was, that was my favorite basketball. It had the bump in it. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The sideways. Sideways it, bounce ball. Yes. And it, it, it looks like the you – know, you, you would always get some – like if you had a street uh, ball you played outside enough in the street, it would eventually get a small bump. This thing looked like the knot on Elmer Fudd's head. Like a rugby ball nearly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was crushed. I was ruined. Um, and that one still sticks with me, even though we had we got countless others. That well, one still bugs me. Well, Roman, as a Louisville fan, and me as an Indiana fan, we feel terrible for you. you as you should. <laughs> as you should. Yeah, I was about to say, that seemed like a sign early on for you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, Roman, if you want to play that card, let's talk about your cards. Great game last night. <laughs> Man, what a game. What a game. <laughs> How surprising. I got to say, it. it's one of those things that I... Initially, I would... You know, it's, the thing we do in rivalries, we like to... We, we enjoy others' misery. And there was a time this year where... I mean, it might not even have been this year, but after a loss like last night or the Bellarmine one, I remember in particular um, from a year ago, it was like, all right, I got to gotta hear what Rutherford's going to say after this, right? Like that that's what you do. But now it's, I, I see the pictures that Eric Crawford's taken of the Yum Center and it looks like the depressing pictures we got during COVID. Yeah, it's bad. But there were 11,000 people there last night. Yeah, yeah sure. 11,000. Um, Notre Dame, not good at basketball. DePaul, not good at basketball. A lot of teams not good at basketball that Louisville just has fallen flat against time and time again. And the thing that I can't get, Roman, is you would you would think for the games that, from the outside looking in, look obtainable, that they would get up for them. You had guys av- available, right? Scott Clark was back last night. So it was Tyler. Tyler. Yep. And still just. But, I mean, that's a great point. But it, you could say the same for the players, right? Like, what was that second half performance when you know you have everything you need? You, 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 you should have everything you need. You've got all your main guys. You know, you have a team that you would think is easy to game plan against. Don't right. let the shooters shoot. Don't let the two main guys do their thing, which is precisely what they did. Um, and so I, I just feel like as a fan, and I almost went to the game, almost got a ticket, oh, oh. and I was like, wait a minute. W- what about that off chance that me and Mike talked about? W- w- what if they do come in and let those two guys go get hot and then we ended up getting blown out and it's a bad experience? I don't want to do that. Um, there's a, there's another reason why that people are going to be maybe shocked, but I have yet to go to a, I've only been to one, actually one UofL basketball game at the Yum Center. Oh, ever, ever. Wow. Big freedom hall guy. You know, grandma had season tickets the last two years there went all the time. Only one game seen two NBA exhibition games at the Yum Center. And I've only seen one UofL game, bad experience. And I haven't been back and I don't want to go back until I, you know, can feel what I felt at freedom hall. Well, you made the right call last night. I did. I yeah, did. yeah, that would make it work. What, which, um, what was the Louisville game? What that you was went it? To? <laughs> yeah, let's put them to the misery. Because I, I have, <laughs> I've been to as many Louisville games. No, nay, nay more Louisville games than you. Then because, I, I mean, so have I. The one was the Quentin Snyder. Who could forget the Quentin Snyder crossover on Bam Adebayo? Oh, Louisville fans, they're still talking about Bam's ankles from that uh, event. I was at that game covering it for KSR, and then uh, we went to watch Coach K's last game yep. at the M Center. That was fun. With TJ. Um, from what I remember of it, that was a good time. Yeah, you you got after it, Scoots. <laughs> you got after it. And the uh, I guess that was the Jeff Pagase era. The first or second game after they fired Chris Mack? I want to say that was the first game. It was it was a rowdy arena, it and was. it was a close game, and they quit hitting shots down the stretch and kind of fell apart. But um, yeah, so I, I, I wow, Roman, the, the UK guy's been to more Louisville games than you. Sad, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Sad. 
I had a lot of missed opportunities in the in the Chris Mack era, but um, yeah, yeah, and, and I just I've had yeah. a, you know I got excited Ooh. early last season, and then I quickly you know work couldn't get off work, missed a couple games, and then really realized early on that I didn't miss out on anything. You know, there were some tough tough losses that I was glad I missed out on, and since then I haven't felt like I've there's a single game that I was like, ooh, I wish I was there for that. The one thing about last night's game that really surprised me, I, I was watching off and on was the fact that Louisville had three guys with a field goal at the 25-minute mark in the game. There was 15 minutes left, and there was three guys make a field goal. Like, I don't even know at what point the fourth guy made that field goal. But, I mean, that's incredible. That that stat came on, and Gil, my roommate, I mean, he couldn't stop laughing. He, he probably laughed for two straight minutes. He was like, that's one of the wildest stats I've ever heard. And I was like, that's <laughs> one of the most embarrassing stats I've ever heard. Yeah, there's a few bad ones. But it, it's also emblematic of just what this team has been and what the Kenny Payne era has been defined on. Um, there's a lack of buy-in, lack of teamwork. I mean, if, the, if there was any good that came out of this game is the fact that it put a stamp on the whole Kenny Payne thing, right? I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I mean, there, there can't be anybody left that's like, we got to give this guy a third year. I mean, even Bozich was... Yeah, was writing mean words about Kenny yeah. Payne. When which you lose that, Bozich, it's yeah, over. Exactly, exactly. So uh, th- there's been plenty of there's plenty of other evidence. Uh, Mike's been re- referencing rock bottom for quite some time now, uh, but I just at least at the beginning of the year they did something a little bit different than previous years. They were sharing the ball. There was you had some point guard play from Sky Clark and Tyler Johnson, where guys are actually getting into the lane and creating shots for others. And that's just 10 assists on 19 made field goals. 19 made field goals? That's horrible. Yeah. The, the other part is just the lack of team defense. And, you know, it's almost reflective in uh, Kenny Payne's, the guy he, he learned from, the, the the lack of defense in Lexington. Team defense is about buy-in. It's about hustling, sticking to your principles, and – Man, you can you can just see it. The wind sucked right out of this team once the snowball gets going in the wrong direction. So, twenty two point loss last night to Notre Dame, seventy two to fifty. Micah Shrewsbury's first year. That's only what like their fourth or fifth ACC win this year for Notre Dame. Does that Roman? Does that ensure that the Louisville finishes last in the conference? I think it does. I think we definitely finished. I think that's their fourth. And yeah, I think there's no chance we can have a better ACC record now unless we. Do you see any wins left on the table? Oh, that's a fun radio bit. How many games can Louisville still win? And it's a 30 second they, segment. Nah, they do it do it every day. Um, that's a that's I mean, Mike Mike mentioned Virginia Tech or Boston College. One of those last three could be a potential win. Virginia I, Tech, no shot. That that's what I'm saying. Virginia Tech. He mentioned that, and I was like, there's there's really no way. Um, Syracuse has been playing better, and then mm-hmm. Boston College. I mean, I, I do think we have a better roster than Boston College. That's, it, you, that's you, a winnable. One. You should beat Boston College, but the race to double digits also should have beat Notre Dame last night. They were favorites, three and a half. Got up to three and a half by game time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that on my on my DraftKings account. And I about fell over. It <laughs> was the easiest bet of the night. <laughs> Cards are eight nineteen overall, three and thirteen in ACC play, and the the for the listeners out there who are still tuned in, it, the, we still have the same old song and dance where it's a bad loss, and you go to the post game presser, and you say, "Huh, what's Kenny Payne gonna say this time?" 
Love this quote from uh, Matt McGavick. Payne says, not really worried about my job security. Uh, you think? <laughs> it's been clear for a while, Kenny. Clear for a while. The The other part of this, too, that I... We... I, what, what was the, the, the real bad game like a month or so ago? Roman, you remember... Scoots, you might have been doing this, uh, the show with Rutherford where it was like, well, they got to fire him now. They got to fire him now. Was it DePaul? No, where, that was way back. Was it Kentucky? That's what I mean. That was the plan to, uh, if he was going to be let go after Kentucky. Because we yeah. there was like a three or four days where it's like, uh, are they going to? Yeah, they're going to do it. Yeah, because they, they had a week off in between. I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Are they going to do it? And then they yeah. Then we got blasted by Virginia. Oh, uh, then we're not going to do it. Uh, then we're not going to do it. But now, and and you know what? You, I could kind of understand. Late December, there's still a half season to go. You got to pay this guy. But now you're at a point where it's like, what? Just can can you? I mean, at this point, you don't fire him. You take it to the end of the season. But then comes in the buyout, it, ten million versus eight million, and it it shouldn't. Hopefully for Louisville, it doesn't matter about the two million. Just just get done with it. Or, as soon or, as they lose that last game. Get well, but that, but that's my thing though. You either wait until you save the two million, or else you just wasted two months of a season. I think it's got to be one or the other. But I know there's a lot of folks out there. You think an interim situation would have been better? I mean, probably. I think that's the one thing I think could have potentially – and obviously there's no way to know what's going to happen. But I think an interim situation and a change of heart, a change of energy, uh, added something to the team, maybe retains a potential player that we're not planning to lose that we are going to lose. Yeah. And it it retains fans as well. Exactly. I think fans like seeing something new, especially in a season that was going the way it was at the time. And there, there's going to be more butts in the seat of Young. But at the same time, I also like, I've never really liked the idea of letting a, you know, knowing a guy is temporarily the coach, like, especially a guy who's probably not going to be the assistant coach for the next coach, right? So, but, but here's, here's the part, and the point you make about the fan scoots is important here because we're not stupid, right? Uh, as much as folks might want to tell you that you don't know ball. Well, we are. But, <laughs> but, Basketball fans in the city of Louisville, even the most casual, can know what's a good versus a bad product. And nobody in their right mind is going to show up for the product that's been put out there. Because you gotta you gotta give us something, right? It's like the All-Star game, right? Nobody's gonna care about the All-Star game because the players don't obviously care. You can't get us to care Rome if we don't know that game. you're going to try, that you're going to dive on the floor, that you're going to put together some effort, that you're going to try to change something. And that's the the part about that Kenny Payne quote where it's like, you've you've never sensed any sort of desperation with this team this year, any sort of personal pride where like, you know, you would hope that guys like Caleb Glenn or J.J. Trainer, and I know Trainer's out, right? He's been injured. That there would be some sort of personal pride in your play. Because here's the other thing you got to think about, too, for these guys. They're trying out for their next team. Yeah. Who's in reality, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna take Mike James if he's just Well, I mean, that that really like a days ago on defense not doing anything. Coaching higher, right? I mean, then it then it becomes that guy's job to figure out who he wants to have and who he doesn't want to have. Ooh, okay. All right. Here's the fun game. Let's play let's play this game. 
How many players on this year's team will be on next year's team? That that play? Like or, or Just the whole roster? On the entire roster, how many players on this Louisville basketball roster will be on the next? And with this caveat that if you go back to the pre-transfer portal era 15 years ago when John Calipari was hired at Kentucky, Patrick Patterson, Josh Harrelson, and Darnell Dodson. I believe DeAndre Lincoln. So I think there was only four holdovers from that team. And that was 15 years ago. That was pre-portal. So with that being said, with that caveat, how many players, A, would even want to stick around, but B, would the next guy want to stick around? I'm going with five. That's where I'm at. Who are the five? Huntley Hatfield, obviously. No, I'd say he's gone. I'd say yeah, he wasn't in my five. You think he? So you think he wants to get out? Yeah, I, I, I mean, is there draft potential there? Nah, there's a good, there's a, there's great. I think he'll get a lot of phone calls undrafted. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a G League guy if he leaves now. Yeah, but so, I still think he could be a good college basketball. I think player. if he's smart, he comes back. I've got Caleb Glenn. Okay. Trey White. Okay. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Curtis Williams, and Okorafor. JJ Trainer will come back. There, he was the next guy ain't gonna want Okorafor. <laughs> I'm just that, that's not gonna happen. I had Okorafor as well. Trainer, there's potential. Local guy. Okorafor. I mean, whether yeah. it's raw or not, there's potential there. Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think Aiden McCool comes back. I don't see why. Isn't he a senior? But, but the other point is too is do you want them back? <laughs> right? Like, don't don't you right. want a coach who brings in better players because you can. You can bring in twelve if you wanted to. I think if I think if you're a Louisville fan, the five I named are probably the ones you would want back. Out of this group Except of guys, for. who really you want a core for? I mean, he'd be a nice de- nice depth piece. I wouldn't mind having him. And maybe you tell yourself, well, it's harder to get bigs from the portal. Maybe. Oddly enough, I I like I don't think Scott Clark's great. I mean, there are no recruits on the table. If you so. have a, an accessory, if he's an accessory piece, then he's fine. He can't be. The guy. But you've got to have, you've got to have Tyler Johnson and Curtis Williams. Got to. And Caleb Glenn's not going to go anywhere. No reason to. Unless the next guy doesn't want him, which I think is a how, big piece. How's of the, the next guy going to come in and be like, "Hey, you, oh, you're from here? You went to high school right down the street? Oh, we can't keep you, man. Sorry, yeah, yeah, freshman. That's not going to happen. Defense, he has enough defensive potential, I think. Enough. Yeah. You, you, you'd be. You're right. That you'd, is a, you'd lose fans. That that's a, that's a very easy <laughs> win. It's just keeping Caleb Glenn. Like right. here, we're gonna. This guy, he's going to help bring us back, Talk even though, like, at Glenn's ceiling, what's his ceiling? Uh, seventh, eighth man? I think he could be a great sixth man. I do, too. I've just always, even back in high school, I always thought he was a good kid. Wife taught him, male. Um, but he's, he's he's just been a tweener, right? I mean, he's like six six without really yeah. guard skills, without really post yeah. skills. Yeah, I mean, he's still got to find his position. Right. But he could be a good, that, you know. That would be a hell of a... Got and be a good defender. But you're right. That's a good, easy... Win for the next guy. I mean, imagine a guy coming in. I mean, that's a hell of a way to get off on a wrong foot. Just kick the hometown guy out, out to the curb. It would yo, be yo, pretty yo. funny, though. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be interesting. I don't, yeah. He, but the thing Caleb, is, though, is like, I mean, none of that matters if the new guy wins. Right. I mean, winning cures all ills. You see that across college basketball. I'm not going to do the game that's been done forever. When discussing the Louisville Cardinal Birds, as my son likes to call him, big Cardinal Birds guy. Loves the Cardinal Birds. Um, even though he, when he reads the scoreboard, sometimes he just gets it wrong because he, you know, 
sometimes you get the, the numbers mixed up. Yeah. Numbers are hard. But I did want to see if there was any... Jeff Borzello had a hot seat watch. Of course, um, Louisville's on there. Uh, but Borzello from ESPN says that when this one opens, it will be the best job available with big names ranging from Scott Drew to Nate Oates to Greg McDermott to Dusty May, all possibly on Hurd's list. So, Roman, which one's your favorite of that bunch? Which one's the most... Uh, who, whose list was this? Jeff Borzello from ESPN. I haven't seen it. He it was it, it was put out like a, an hour ago, and he lumped it in with a ton of this is like yeah, give me coaching those, carousel. Give in me general. those top so, ones again. Scott Drew, Nate Oates, Greg McDermott, Dusty May. Oh wow! If I had to choose, I'd go McDermott. Whoa! I think so. I think Whoa. that one makes so I, I don't not, I don't want to cut you off, Roman, but like from a palatable standpoint, Nate Oates' buyout's huge. I don't. I don't think Hurd's going to go for that, and I don't think Scott Drew wants to do another massive rebuild. If he wants to leave, I think he wants things kind of even keel. He already had a pretty tough rebuild. I don't think he's going to leave. Am I wrong for thinking that? He he would only leave for the right job, the you know quote unquote the right job. Which Louisville, it should be a big enough brand name that you can get just about anybody. But Greg McDermott, I, you know, you worry because he's been at Creighton so long and they're at a lower level. You worry if like, well, well, maybe he was just good. At Creighton, is he good enough for Louisville? But how many Creighton teams have been bad? Right when you, if you see Creighton on TV, they're you, in the tournament every year. Yeah, yeah you, and he's not getting anybody crazy on that roster any, any year. Yeah, you you turn it on, you're like, okay, like that. This is some pretty good basketball. So even though he may not, he may need to rely on uh, the brand of old to recruit at U of L. If he can just at least get some competent basketball on the court, even if it's with lower level guys, even if he makes them just tubby good, right? Well, fans will take that. Yeah, I mean, at this point, obviously there's still an expectation. Like Louisville, Louisville is a should be a guaranteed tournament team, no matter what, no matter who the coach is. You know, it's 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 that high level organization that's going to bring names in and always have the ability to be that good. So, I think um, it's not hard to do better than what <laughs> Kenny that, Payne has done. So the, the the bar is is it's not crazy low because. You know, if you're some big name and you make those changes preseason and bring a couple names in, then that bar is automatically back. Like, you, you better get close to that tournament if you're not making it. Well, so, we need to uh, make it to our first break. See, Louisville fans, I gave you some insightful Louisville discussion, and then now you can laugh at me because my Kentucky Wildcats lost. So we're going to get to our first break, come back, talk about the other losses in the area. He's Justin Kalen. That's Roman Kelly. I'm Nick Roush, filling in for Mike Rutherford on the Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back in the Mike Rutherford Show. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, Roman Kelly. Filling in for the Bird Brain Card Chronicle here on the Big X Sports Radio, 1450 AM, 961 FM, 
I was getting ready to insult you, Scoots, for choosing a Luke Bryan song, mm-hmm. but it had margarita in the name. It does, yeah. Today's National Margarita Day. It is, and I was somehow able to find six country songs, because I do the Country Thursday thing, six of them that mention margaritas. Or tequila. I had to cheat on one. One just tequila. Yeah, yeah. Because there is a lot of country tequila songs. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, tequila's great. Ton. It's good stuff. Um, also, National Chili Day. So, that's quite a combination. You can... Get a little sauced and then dip into the chili sauce. Man, that'd be that'd, that'd be a combination. Whew. Sounds like a rough morning. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> that is a rough, rough morning. Scoots, do not drink margaritas and have chili tonight, please. You'll, you'll be no, killing us all. I'm not drinking, so we're good. But you're eating chili, though, right? Mm, probably not. Probably not tonight. I'm going to a pretty fancy restaurant after the show. Oh, hot date? No, it's a meetup with some old work friends. Oh, uh, yeah. meetup. Wink, yeah. wink. No, nudge, there's, nudge. There's like nine of us. Having a meetup. No. Oh, be, be nine of you? Yeah. That's, you're into that? <laughs> wow. Scoots. Grow up, buddy. <laughs> Did not know you were into that thing. Wow. Whoo! 502-414-1450. That's the number to the Thornton's text line. Scoot stopped in the Thornton's today. He's feeling the chill from Thornton's. Oh, yeah. Talked about the cards lost to Notre Dame in the opening segment. Things are bad to worse. It's not a good day to be online for Kenny Payne. Not a great day for John Calipari either. Cats lost ISI 75-74. Lost on a buzzer-beating shot. One of the few actual buzzer beaters. I, I throw around that term probably more often than I should because... It, Game-winning shot, buzzer beater. Like, it's very rare that it happens as time actually expires. But that was the case, and I um, I did what any self-loathing fan does. I I probably watched the final pl- sequence, I don't know, a dozen times so after our radio show today. They didn't put any more time on the clock? No. Okay. no they just they just straight up... Uh, I mean, I saw the play, and I saw, I saw them celebrating, but... I didn't know if it was one of those things they went back and added time. No. Well, and they were already on the floor, but it was it was game was over. And there's a lot of ways that um there's just a lot of ways that all of this went wrong for Kentucky last night. But to just start with the final segment, I was surprised, Scoots, the more that it's gone on, the more takes I've seen about Kentucky and Rob Dillingham making that shot with a dozen seconds left on the clock. Yeah. Uh, been weird. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- local if you're John, down in a game, you go score, period. Right. And, and local John was, he was trying to argue last night. And like, I I mean, we're, we're, we're really splitting hairs with a few seconds here. We're, okay, maybe if he took two or three more seconds off, fine. But like, it's more important to score yeah. than it is to eat up clock. Right. It's, it, it, it's kind of like in football when you're doing a four-minute drill before half, or a two-minute drill. P- points are more important than running it all the way down. Ideally, you do both, right? You run the clock down and you score, but points are more important. Rob was feeling it. Just let him rip it. If he misses that with that much time left, now you have chance. You have a chance still. Well, and, th- and that's the other part of it too, Roman, is that not only does it give you a chance for a tip and rebound, but if you don't get the rebound, you can foul and they can miss free throws. Yeah, and that well, with enough time to actually do something about it. That is one thing I hate about college basketball, the – under 10 second fouling like with like a four point lead or three point lead but you're down one it's it'd be around 11 10 seconds you know it's enough time to immediately foul hopefully foul a big man who gets three bound who isn't one of the better free throw shooters yeah so i 
But I, the analytics say. <laughs> wait till four <laughs> seconds left to shoot a, a mid-range jumper that requires you to get to your spot. You know, like, he, he, he did his move and he got to his spot. You should be happy he got that shot off in crunch time. Like, that's a very, very, very big boy bucket right there. Oh, it was high-level shot. Um, and, it, I mean, it all goes back to what was costing them down the stretch. You can ball watch when Rob Dillingham's out there cooking on offense. But on defense, that's that's where the problem was. It was really just one guy playing defense, Scoots. And I I gave him his flowers a little bit on Kentucky Roll Call this morning, which if you want to hear two hours of Kentucky fans just trying to figure out what the hell went wrong, go ahead, fire up that podcast wherever you get your podcast. But on that, it, it, it's so funny because we, we made fun of, of Jay Williams quite a bit. And we can make fun of him some more today, this afternoon, because he's just really, really not good at his job. Uh Jay Williams take guy bad. Jay Williams uh, guy who cares and does his homework good. Going into so LSU calls a timeout up one. There's 12 seconds on the shot clock with about 35 seven ish to play. So they've got to get another shot off, and they call a timeout to draw up a play to try to go up three. And Jay Williams he gets it all teed up and he says what everybody knows is going to happen. They're going to go to Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright was a cat killer of Andy. He hit a game winner at the buzzer on senior night last year to give the Commodores a win. He'd won two straight games against the Cats. I went to do his average since his second season. He st- his first year was the COVID year. But going back, he's averaged 13 points a game against the Cats. But he had, I think, three games were zero points, two points, four points. The rest are like 27, 20, 15, 18. He's been very good against Kentucky. You knew they were going to go to him down the stretch there. And it was a situation where they were smart. They put a dude the arrow on the guy they knew was going to be the screener, big white guy. So when the switch happened, a dude was on right. And when Wright tried to take it up to the rim to at least draw a foul, the dude stripped him before he could even get going. Gets a steal. Kentucky's moving. They don't really have numbers. I thought maybe they could have tried to push for something, but they were a little hesitant. Call timeout. Rob has the shot. Go back down the court. There is no timeout called. And this time, there's only one person with enough sense in their brain to know that Wright is going to take that shot and you've got to get the ball no matter what. I forget who was guarding off, actually guarding the ball, but about seven seconds, Wright gets going downhill. A dude comes over and he volleyball blocks it. Two hands. The ball never gets out of his hands, and you're like, wow, a dude at the arrow gets a game-winning steal, game-winning block. What can't this guy do? Well, he can't make his teammates just, I don't know, do anything. Because while that was happening, Reed Shepard's doing what he does far too often when he's off the ball. Cheating. He just wasn't like thinking. Like I don't I don't I don't know what he was doing. He was kind of in position, but he wasn't actually boxing out. He wasn't really doing anything. Ugo just stood in the same spot for the entire possession. He didn't do anything. He just stood there, kept looking around while there was a guy right next to him. Wasn't It was just ball watching. And was it dumb luck that the ball just floated that way? Yes, but you had two guys who were in a similar position that just didn't see ball get ball. And you're left with a loss. 75-74, a game that, you know, Sometimes losses on the road happen, but you're up 15, right? Like you, you got to finish a way to close it out. 
you have an outstanding performance from Rob Dillingham, and you it just can't get it done. It it very very frustrating night for Kentucky basketball. Wasn't an outstanding performance though. I mean, it was only an outstanding performance for ten minutes of the game. Which twenty one? I mean, the first half and in in the first half of the second half was horrible. Scoring twenty one points in ten minutes, and the way in which he did it, he. Oh my! The the contested layup he had, where he was like sandwiched between two guys, and on his way down, he gets the ball. I mean, he made some incredible plays. But to your point, Scoots, there's been a lot of Rob Dillingham conversation. A lot of should you play Rob more? Should you actually is Cal playing Rob right? And there's a stat that Cal Tucker pulled. Because here's the thing, Rob Dillingham, very good. You would think you would want the top 15 guy mm-hmm. playing all the time. Listen to this stat. Kentucky is 12-2 and two when Dillingham plays fewer than 24 minutes. They are 3-4 and four when he scores 18-plus. Wow. I think, I think you can figure out why pretty easily, though. When you're relying on your bench scoring because your first unit's not getting it done, mm-hmm. it's one that usually, from what I've seen in Kentucky games this year, that's that's been the games where they aren't defending. And and that's the the kind of I don't want to say the alarm I was sounding earlier, but living and dying by Rob Dillingham does not seem like a successful formula because of just the inconsistency of which he plays. Now you can say about the whole damn team, right? Like the whole. Kentucky basketball team is wild, wildly inconsistent. But in Rob's case, I'm just I'm so worried that I'm so worried you're going to get in a scenario where they just instead of having some sort of plan on how you want to function, like the plan is just like save us, Rob. You're our only hope. Shout out Princess well, Leia. And that's what Gil brought up last night. He actually said the words. I'm starting to become a non-Dillingham fan. A non-Dilling fan? Yeah. And then he, he like, I don't re- even remember what he said after that, but I just looked at him and I was like, dude, that is a wild take. But, yeah, he de- he just doesn't like how he operates. It is because it is like that. It's A lot of times it is helter-skelter offense. Let's so just get it to Rob, see what he can make happen. And that's not ideal for any team. Now, here, here there, there's the counterpoint is that, I mean, how much – offense was Cal running when Aaron Harrison hit those shots. I mean, it was a lot of just dumb luck that all that happened. Same thing with a team that I think is much more comparable. People want to go to the 14 team to draw comparisons to this one because they struggled. And But those teams weren't built similarly. The 2011 team is much, much, much more closely resembles this one. First and foremost, Deron Lamb and Antonio Reeves are similar players. Great shooters. They can head fake and hit nice little floaters. Um, but they get cold and not exactly going to like dunk on your face or anything at the rim. Not the best defenders. That team had a lot of ex- experience meshed in with freshmen. And in their experience, players weren't necessarily their stars. Aduthiero and DeAndre Liggins are pretty similar players when you, when you look at their stats in the box score, right? Defensive guys who are going to dunk. Maybe, you know, Lincolns would hit a three here and there. You had a front court that didn't give you much, 
but you might have an explosive offensive night from Jorts. He might get hot from three and score 20 points. Same thing with Trey Mitchell. There, there's a lot, a lot of comparisons. The biggest difference between the two is that team's losses in SEC play, they were typically one-possession games where you did go to your, your Brandon Knight late, and they, they messed up. But those games were on the road. You can excuse road losses much more than you can excuse the home losses where they fell apart down the stretch. Florida, Gonzaga, you got Kansas on the ropes at a neutral site. And I don't know if any of the late game failures and execution have any sort of common thread. So they do. They're kids who can't defend. Is is it all? It's defending? that simple this year. It is. I promise it is this year. And even you look at you look at the games where they have defended well. They didn't really rebound well. You know that it's yeah. cre- they created a lot of fast like the games like. Stealing the ball and creating fast break points doesn't necessarily make you a good defensive team. You know, that makes you capitalized True. on capitalized on good good decision makings, you know, decisions. But I think this team right now, the the amount of minutes that the players that they're relying on or have to play, and then who you go to on the bench isn't bringing you any defense on the bench. It's like they've got to outscore opponents. That's not gonna work come come March when you've got these big, you know, they get up against the Purdue or a, or even a um uh, a Creighton or an Arizona or not Arizona, Kansas. Like it's one of these guys that has one of these really, really dominant bigs in terms of the basics, rebounding, defending the rim, not necessarily blocking shots, but being a presence in front of the rim. Like Kentucky, I don't think has a, don't, they just, you can't outscore opponents in March and rely on that form of basketball to win. Now I might be being a little too vague and a little bit too whatever, whatever. I will say before this year, I did not pay attention to Kentucky basketball at all. And this year, for whatever reason, I just started doing so. Well, you've got, you've got a openings on your calendar. Was it, was it because they were exciting at the beginning of the year, Roman? It was just that, a, partially, a hodgepodge of partially, highly ranked yes, guys. Yes, there was a there. lot of excitement. There were a lot of high-ranked guys. and You knew some scoring was coming. Well, because I was the same way. I mean, as an Indiana fan, I was very invested, not only because I do Kentucky roll call, but just because of the athleticism and talent. It was at, just... It was so fun. As an avid UK hater, I was excited for Dillingham. I was excited to watch Dillingham play. I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, went to my first Kentucky game this year. Even now, a lot of this was to do. I was working for a sports book marketing company. Kentucky went live with sports betting. I had to go down to Lexington. You know, try to make some connections down there and whatnot, and then ended up at a game for free because of the company. Come but um, and in that game, you could even see it. Like the first half, it was uh, Miami. First half, I don't know if you guys, it was, it was mm-hmm. back in November, it was a while ago, I think. Scored a million points in that game. The, Miami could just do whatever they wanted in the first half of that game. <laughs> that's not a team that's going to go anywhere in March, and that's that's the beginning of the year when Kentucky was still figuring things out, but that's also back when Kentucky was scoring a little bit better than they were are now, and they, like the second half they defended well, they figured things out, but I just don't think that this Kentucky, these these the eight players that they're playing the most are going to be enough come a team with one of those their best player or second best player is a, a, a six foot ten dominant guy. I just don't see it. For me, it, a lot of it comes down to just valuing possessions when the game gets tight. Because you're right. They they prefer to get up and down for the most part. Now I, I think we saw last week that they they demonstrated an ability to win in multiple ways by kind of grinding things out. Um but the defense is not going to ever be their bread and butter. Because their best defender, like you, is 
a guy who makes a bunch of steals and is really aggressive, but also loses guys. He uh, Reed, Reed Shepard is one of the more perplexing players. It's 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 odd. It's like, it, he's like he reminds me of Steph Curry. Obviously, there's a couple other reasons, but Steph Curry is a ball hawk off the ball, one of the best defenders off the ball for his size and position. Right, Reed Shepard. You can see it immediately. He's he's got a high IQ off the ball. He's got great timing. I mean, I, there's plays I've watched where I think I could get by him <laughs> if if he's just guarding me straight up, you know. Which obviously that's not true, but he's uh, he's just you know there's a little bit of intensity lacking when he's defending on the ball. He's one of your better defenders, and he doesn't start. Um, so you know, Calipari's got some things to figure out come March. But um, <laughs> read, read by the way now five plus steals in three straight games never been done before in Kentucky basketball history, and four of the last five, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I didn't check his steal prop last night because I thought like yeah it's gonna I think it was two and a half. I it was two and a half yeah. the other day at plus money. I wonder if they gotta they gotta bump that up even more uh, for this Alabama game upcoming. Which Alabama they went down to the wire last night at home against Florida. Um, thought the Gators might be able to pull that one out. I mean it was when I say right down to the wire goes into overtime. Uh, Alabama gets a tip in to go up three. With about 15 seconds left, they don't foul. And Walter Clayton got a good look. They just kind of went in and out. Um, Alabama ended up squeaking out with a five-point win. The The one thing, if I'm I don't, I'm not going to be a silver lining guy, but Scoots, this team's been so inconsistent. I'm, I'm more confident they're going to be Bama now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, just because it seems like it shouldn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. It, it seems like it shouldn't happen. And they, they got their, their dud out. Um, but it... It's it's frustrating because we as Kentucky basketball fans are not accustomed to such peaks and valleys, and we put up with it for a while because well, there's always March, there's always March, and that's just the callus is starting to turn into a blister, and that blister, you know, if you don't treat them, turn into real sob, right? Yep. You put a band aid on it, and I don't, I don't I don't know if you. Can put a bandaid on this one. You gotta, you gotta win, you gotta win more games, especially these close games because that that eleven team. The one thing about them is, I at least had a sense that it was going to start happening. Like it felt like they were getting close and things were things weren't far off. But with this team, you just wonder if it's like, are they either going to be world beaters or are they going to lose to bad teams? Because be, don't be mistaken. LSU is not a good basketball team. They they might be getting a little hot right now. They're not a good basketball team. So what does that mean in March? You know what? Quite frankly, I'm 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 sick and tired of the crying. Roman, how much would you kill to be 18 and eight and in the top 25? Like, have we haven't we had enough of this guy already? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Come 18 and 8 in the come top 25 and we're complaining. You, well, I mean, you know I get what? it. It's Kentucky, but, but come on. But you're, you know going, you're going to the tournament. You you can worry about it then. I mean, but damn it, that's sad. Like, just think so of it. And, and Roman, Boo-hoo. I know you're younger, but like every year, all three teams were in the top 25 and expecting at least a second weekend. I mean, right? Like, I, I, Scoots, I know second weekend might be open a bit much for Indiana. I, I don't know anything about but that. But, like, well, I, you know, I, in March, I, I I remember being in the basement, and it was a, it was Kentucky and Louisville party because Kentucky was going down to the wire with, I 
forget who it was in that game, but there was it was the night that Pitt snoggle happened uh, against West Virginia in the that was Elite Eight, I want to say. But yeah, you, you, West Virginia. Yeah, I remember that. Was that, was that Elite John Eight? Wall? Was he talking about? No, I'm I'm talking Louisville, West Virginia. Which oh, made, oh, oh yeah, West Virginia beat uh, us too. But that was Elite Eight. Okay, um, okay, it was like twenty. I want to say. What, one, what was that? 20- that's that's going to make me mad 15? that I can't remember. No, no. Yeah, I don't think you remember this one. <laughs> what year were you born, Roman? 98. I remember yeah. I remember a Louisville-West Virginia game. We were favored to win in March. In, I want to say in the tournament. Yeah, in the tournament. In March. Yeah, we so lost. Th- this was a win, though. Pitt Snoggle went off. Oh, okay. And Louisville came back, won in overtime. Pitt Snoggle had 25 points uh, in that game. The cards were a four seed. Beat the seven seed. That was in the Sweet 16, I believe. In what year? 2005. It was the year they went to the Final Four in St. Louis. But my, my overall point is, this is unacceptable. Kentucky, Louisville, and Indiana cannot suck this bad. We are college basketball royalty. What the hell is wrong with everybody? This is, this is we cannot, no. We cannot stand for this. Something in the water. Alabama and Auburn, they get football, but we get basketball, and we cannot let our programs be this bad to where Kentucky is the shining beacon of light as a fringe top 25 team that's going to be a middle-of-the-road 6-7-8 seed. That's, that's not good enough. Get your stuff together, people. March is around the corner. There should be a buzz in the air. Seven seed sounds so nice. We should be playing the CBS music just to like as like a alarm, you know, like oh man, it's almost here. We're getting ready to get here. We'll be getting printing brackets out. Roman, you even gonna fill out a bracket this year? I'm gonna fill out a bracket. I'll do the ESPN tournament challenge. Okay. (laughs) Shameless plug. I know some people they they're just like I can't even do the bracket anymore. I don't do. I don't fill them out on paper anymore. After last night, I got to get one with, like, Penn State in the Sweet 16 or something. Come on. That game was awesome. What a game. That game was awesome. They, so they were down 10 with a minute to go? Yeah. Yeah. I When they, I saw the highlights on SVP, they really jumped from 12 to 2 just like that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Illinois, what happened in between here? Illinois was 7.5-point favorites on the live line with, like, 40 seconds to go. <laughs> it's because of – I, did you guys hear that Penn State didn't play where they normally play? Yeah, they were playing at a smaller, at, more at, intimate. At the rec. Rec hall how, or something I like that. I love how they call it more intimate. Where their volleyball <laughs> team and stuff plays. Volleyball team, pretty good. Yeah, it was a cool environment. They, was, they were loud. Oh, Penn State does have one of those good ball, volleyball programs. Yeah, they, they kick all kinds of ass. But I noticed it was different just because you could see some of the bleachers like push back. Yeah. Like, wait, hold up. What, what's going on over here? Uh, but a big old suck it to Illinois. Losers last night, just like all of our teams. Hopefully, there's some more wins on the horizon. We need to get to the top of the hour break. We got two more hours for you, though. Woo-hoo. Don't you worry. A lot more to chew on from college basketball. We also got some news from the world of college football and much more to get to on the Mike Rutherford Show. That's Roman. That's Scoots. I'm Nick Roush. This is Big X Sports Radio.
comes here a lot. She just loves to hear the music and dance. People love sing it, Scoots. People love when we sing on this show. Alan Jackson? Oh, I'm actually really upset. I played this song like two weeks ago on the Rutherford show. Mm. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> this isn't Alan Jackson. It's, no. No, it's uh, Randy Travis, right? Nope. Straight John Anderson. Okay. Wasn't going to guess John Anderson. If you're trying to guess who this is, it's Nick Roush filling in for you don't sound like Mike. Mike Rutherford Show. Entering the second hour of today's show with Justin Kalen and our strapping young producer, Roman Kelly. It's been a great time so far. First hour, we talked about the Cats loss, the Cards loss, a little bit of everything. You can get in the show. Uh, texting in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 is the number. I had somebody tweet me in and inform me. It was, in fact, this is Michael, said that Louisville, West Virginia was the Elite Eight game in 05. It was, and I remember it specifically because my parents, it was uh, their birthdays always that time of year. Mm-hmm. So they had a blast for the pass party. They dressed up like hippies. Come on. And they were, they were somebody brought their record player over. They were playing records. Well, the plan was to play their old records all night, but the game didn't get over with around midnight. I had been playing AU basketball in Lexington all day. I'm trying to go to bed. They were up till like 4 a.m. I went to my neighbor's house and slept because they were making too much racket <laughs> after the game. And then Kentucky lost. Do you regret that? Not to Michigan not State joining them? the next day. Well, that was 13 scoops. They weren't going to let me booze with them. No, I, I know that, but don't you wish you would have gone up and just seen I- what was going on? No, From I was, a 13-year-old I mean, perspective, that would have been awesome. No, I mean, I did, but it was uh, eventually, once 1 a.m. hits, I'm, re- I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> oh, you know? So you hung out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Hung out hung okay. out for a while. You made uh, it sound like you just went straight to bed. No, 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 no. It was a while, but eventually, you know, you're just like, all right, all right. we get it. I was just worried old, it was a missed opportunity. No, we get it. Old music. I think I had to go back to Lexington to play basketball the next day, too. Got to get my beauty sleep, Scoots. <laughs> Didn't work. We got somebody on the phone? Not yet. Know. Oh, okay. I thought we might but okay, good. <laughs> you're giving me some signal, Scoots. I didn't know what the signal oh, was. Oh, I was just making sure you're good on the text line. Yeah. Like, are you getting the text now? Oh, well, that's a text. Okay. Roman's doing a great job over here. But, Roman, I've, I've got a bone to pick with you. Whoa. Right now, you, you've been way too professional and informed. We need more nonsense from our big exports radio producers. More nonsense? Yes, much more. You've nonsense. got a high bar to live up to, Roman. Yeah, so I I, I can see that. Is this an uh, um, NBA caller that's calling though? Oh, he he will be calling in. I can give at you 430. some. I, I want to hear that. I might have some nonsense S- for him. I feel like some NBA takes good because I I feel like I want like I I want to know more NBA and get more into it, but I just it's Roman's a big NBA guy. It's his thing. Yeah. Okay. Well. Na- into the second hour, or we'll 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 have that discussion. How about we read some text on the Thorns text line? Let's do it. In the meantime, 502-414-1450. Hopefully not bringing the big guy back as your NBA guest. <laughs> you got somebody else. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, child. Uh, Nick, without trolling, which realistic candidate would you be, quote-unquote, scared to see Louisville hire? Or not want to hire, whatever wording you want to use. A lot of us like Oates. You see him more in the SEC then we would. That that is correct. I really I, I Oates, I, I would like he would be a good villain. Chris Beard would be a good villain. He's the one who would be the best though. 
just from an X's and O's standpoint, would make Louisville the best. And like I, I mean, there, there's a, a world where I could see him elevating Louisville over Kentucky. And I still remember being 10 years old and fearful that that was what Patino was going to do, was elevate Louisville over Kentucky. And I just, it, it was terrifying, for the lack of a better term. So Beard is the one who I think would be the best from a wins and losses standpoint. He'd be a good villain. And I, I, I would like that out of a Louisville coach too. It's, it's more fun when each team has somebody that's real hateable. Kenny Payne, not only is he terrible, but he's also, you can't really hate him unless he's coaching your team. The one who I think would be a bad hire, who you shouldn't hire if you're the University of Louisville. Don't, don't hire Dusty May. He's, yes, he had a good year at FAU. Yes, they went on a crazy run. But that, that feels more like a one-off. TJ is the way. TJ? TJ is the way. TJ Otzelberger. That's my guy. No. that's my. If I'm a Louisville fan, that's my number one. That's what I've said on this program. I would love to just make photoshops of the Hamburglar over TJ Otzelberger. <laughs> and be the Cardinal Burger. I mean, just imagine how many Otzelbergers he'll have in town at local restaurants. Well, until he starts losing. <laughs> Speaking of another one-off. Hey, but we do have somebody on the phone, right, Scoots? Correct. The best voice in radio, according to Justin Kalen. Many people are saying he covers Kentucky for Sea of Blue. It's Dylan Bauer. Dylan, hey, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing great, Roush. How are you doing? It's a pleasure hearing from you today. Um, I heard your biscuits are quite steamed after last night's basketball game. Yeah, man. So I'm... Um... Uh, the real reason I called, we'll get into in a second, but uh, it's uh, it was it was for a topic for Scoot, so I won't take too long though. But yeah, I, mean, I was texting with you and TJ earlier, man. I just I I've been this guy throughout this last three or four years that has tried to find theirself in the middle, and I was listening. And as I was driving home, I recently bought a home out in the country. Best decision I've ever made. But I was listening, and I was hearing. Uh, I was hearing your friend that was with you and Scoots talk about how, like, Indiana and Louisville fans, like, they don't want to hear our lip right now. But, like, I've tried to be even keel of, like, oh, Cal deserves some grace because of what happened before. But he also, like, deserves some criticism because of what's going on now. But last night, I was just as mad as I've been in a long, long time. And I, I don't honestly know why. Like, I, we've had some losses this year. But the 15-point I mean, like, I, I thought we were getting ready to gas pedal it. And Roush knows other reasons I won't go into on the radio why I'm a little more upset. But I just feel like this is going to be another team where you look at it, unless we go on a historic march run and go, why is why why did we not do that with an All-American, a top-five pick, a top-ten pick? Uh, you know what I mean? Three guys that have really been struggling the last little bit that were top-five recruits, and it's just – I just don't get it. Last night was a little bit of a tipping point for me, even though you had the win Saturday at Auburn. Just because the simple fact you were up 15 and we didn't make enough adjustments or the guys didn't see the sense of urgency to get a stop to make the bleeding stop. And that that has always been a – it's one of those things, Dylan, where you don't want to give the, the haters, of which there are many, any credence to the argument that – there's so much talent, you should have more championships, Kyle. But 
you're, you're looking around and you're like, how is all of this talent not equaling more wins? It should be more wins on aggregate. This just doesn't, it doesn't compute in my brain, especially when, you know, it's one thing if you're, that LSU team's not good. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense in our brains. No, and it, here's the thing for me is I saw somebody on Twitter today say, and like Twitter's full of like, you can find anybody on any side of any fence you want to right now. I saw somebody on Twitter say like, okay, like two weeks ago we wanted to, or three weeks ago we wanted to run and gun and score 90, and fans were loving it as long as we were winning. Then they were like, well, we got to be better on defense. Then we get better on defense. We're struggling a little bit on offense because when you play those lineups, it takes you a little off. I said, I said this, I don't care if they win 2-0 to zero or 180 to 170. I, I don't care what the score looks like. We just need to start winning games because, yeah, I know 2014 happened. I know 2011 happened. But, guys, that's not the norm, and we can't expect those kind of runs. And seeding does matter. It, 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 it's clear that what is it? I don't know the last, last – I don't know the, the number right off the top of my head, but I think I read that, like, Goose, I thought it was you that said on the other day, like, something like 15 out of the last 20 titles have been a one or a two seed or something along those lines, something close to that. Seeding clearly matters, and it's, I don't know what you're going to do because now you kind of look like what, Nick? Best case scenario, you're a five seed if you, like, won out and made a run in the tournament or a four seed, I guess, if that if that happened. Or worst case scenario, you're like a nine seed. That, that'd be that'd be you. Wheels are starting to fall off. Yeah, but and Dylan, that's just, that, Dylan, that's, that's what – that's what I was going with. Is your best case scenario is a five seed, and that's I understand that's not good enough for Kentucky standards, but that's still good. I mean, you're you're still in the dance comfortably, you know. That is good, but is it good if if you were a six seed last year, and if you wouldn't have got hot for a couple of weeks, you you were looking on the outside looking in, and then the tournament was just lackluster, and then the year before, people want to say it was a one loss off to St. Peter's, but. Was it really? It looked to me like more like a collapse when you almost lost to a terrible Vandy team in the SEC tournament, and then you got smoked by a Tennessee team. It's more like an end-of-season collapse. And then the year before that, you, you want to blame COVID. Well, everybody was dealing with COVID. You aren't the only fish in the pond dealing with COVID, and you didn't make the tournament. And you know what I'm saying? And then, so, yeah, yeah, I get a five seed is not bad for, you know, a lot of Somebody for Indiana. That's what I'm. That's kind of my point. Would you have rather have the last four seasons you've had with Kentucky, including those awful losses in the tournament, or would you rather be in Louisville and Indiana position for the last four? Yeah, but Louisville and Indiana should never be in this position. That's that's what I'm saying. Point. My my point is basically that's basically my overall point is that I just don't feel like Kentucky fans in general have a more have like a great a gratefulness for they're not drastically. Kentucky's not drastically. You, you all are spoiled. <laughs> they're not drastically in a different position that they're used to. I mean, it isn't a, the the norm for the roster and the expectation with roster right now, but they're still comfortably headed in the right direction, right? Yeah. You know, well, to the tournament. I don't know. Not the Kentucky fans are almost. Nope. No, it's, it's not good enough. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, Nick, and and I don't mean this is like just trying to be that fan arguing with other fan bases, and I. Roman and Scoots, I'm sorry, but yeah, I, guys, I'm going to be honest. I look around and Duke's been to two Final Fours since you have. Uh, Villanova's been to three with two titles. UConn's got two titles since you've been to a Final Four. UNC's been to three Final Fours with a title since then. Kansas has got a title and two Final Fours since you've been to one. 
I know that like just because Indiana and Louisville are struggling doesn't make me okay with this. It, yes. And I'm in a weird I'm in a weird spot because I personally do not think any of those big, big, big pie in the sky dream names are coming back to college basketball. Not Jay Wright, not Billy Donovan, not Fred. Those dudes don't want to deal with NIL and Portal. That makes that a twelve month year job. Me and Rouse have talked about it with football before, like hanging out at the pressers. Those dudes aren't coming back. Who in college basketball are you getting that's going to be better than Cal? So I think those people are just a little oblivious. But something's got to change to get us out of that funk. I don't think a coaching change does that, but something's got to happen. And I think for this year, it's all looking towards March because you're not going to get better than a four or five seed, and you're probably not going to be worse than a nine or a ten seed. So it's all looking towards March because those teams are a lot of the same range anyway. I just I love fired up Dylan Ballard. I didn't expect <laughs> this. I've never I've never heard you quite so ticked off so i'm you know what that means that you know that it's it's obviously not a fringe and i think that's the um the most important lesson of this all is like no no no, this isn't this isn't satisfactory for anybody it's not just some crazy people out there that are mad at cal uh this is this is unacceptable for kentucky standards maybe it's fine it's good for louisville and for indiana but it's not good enough for us i'm just saying i wish you all appreciated it more where no where you're at as a program where this is a disappointment yeah, because we're Kentucky, and Indiana should be in the same spot. Louisville should, too. This should be unacceptable. You all are spoiled. This is what got Denny Crum fired, right? That's true. Not even this bad. Bob Knight was fired for much less. So that's where we're at. But you know what? I don't, I, I, Dylan, I don't want you to get too more fired up. I want you to make fun of Scoot some because I'm pretty sure that's what you're here to do. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not coming on here to make fun of Scoot. And, <sighs> and I wouldn't take time away from a precious roll call do this so that's why i had to call in on rutherford's show today <laughs> Oops. Uh, i i just want to tell you how much i appreciate you appreciating my skill on a lawnmower oh yeah so that's fantastic that was, that was that was my whole purpose of calling I, in today to just let you know if you ever need you never need dad to come up to louisville and teach you how to drive a lawnmower i can do so you know today. dylan i was I, I, admittedly i was a little hurt that you didn't comment on my comment last night on that so <laughs> it, I, it's because you were saving it up for a radio appearance that, that means even more so are you uh what, what kind of lawnmower are you working with dylan is it a walk behind a zero turn what, what we got here yeah so i i use a, a v-ride and it is a zero turn that you stand on top of oh and you operate with your like left and left and right hand, but you can operate with one if you need to. Oh, so it puts a little more weight on the back. And Scoots, that's all skill you see there, Bob. That, that oh, ain't yeah. no traffic. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, Dylan, hand. Dylan, trust me, I, I use a push mower. I can put lines in my yard with the best of them, but something about your lines, just real good looking. <laughs> but Roush, uh, I just want to tell you, I commend you for doing three hours of Louisville radio today, and I, I was just driving home. And I've got like an extra 10-minute drive now. So I just thought I'd call in and talk to y'all for a second and give y'all a hard time. But uh, I hope something changes. But I'm at the point where half this fan base is going to be super excited. I think we win Saturday, and I think we're going to pull off one in Knoxville. I just think this team's going to get up for those games personally. But at the end of the day, for me, let's let's go see if we can do something in March. Well, Dylan, I appreciate you calling in and giving your thoughts on the Cats. More importantly, for talking a lot more talk with Scoots, um, it is. It's almost that time of year. Come on. So we're going to have to start servicing. Come on. Now is a good time to start servicing your lawnmower. Getting those blades sharpened. We need to get a lawnmower sponsor, Scoots. We do. Get on that. Mm-hmm. Dylan, have a nice day. It's All been right. a pleasure. All right. See you guys.
There's some Louisville fans out there right now who aren't very happy with this. But you know what? They just got to hurt Kentucky fans bicker. And that's the most juice that we have in college basketball right now in the Commonwealth. Sad. But we have some text on the Thorns text line that I want to get to. 502-414-1450. A little bit from both sides of the aisle. That Berg's jumper was so annoying. If he waited another half second, he would have had a wide open handoff to read for three. It was going to be the perfect give and go. I know exactly what play you're talking about. Reed's driving. He kicks it to Burks at the elbow, and he's kind of looking around. Reed flares to the wing, and he just Burks is like, "Oh, I'm so wide open. I've got to take the shot." It's like, "Well, you got a better shooter who's even more wide open." Go ahead, pass him the ball. Just go ahead. You can pass it, Roman. I have student tickets the rest of the season that I'm not going to use. If you want to go to the last games, I'll send them to you for free. Wow, free tickets! Holy smokes! For the rest of the year, R- Roman, you gotta you gotta take that offer, I need to right? Take that offer, don't I? That's big time. The funny thing about that is, I like so like I said, I did graduated December 2022. So the first two months of the season, I had student tickets as well that I just never used. Never never felt like I needed to go catch one. And I mean, you, you get oh. Syracuse, you can see Jim Beheim coach. Yeah, I think are our last three Syracuse. No, he go. Oh no, no, Jim Beheim. Uh, but well, you you can watch um, Buzz at Virginia Tech. I might have to send that text or a text. Doug Flutie, he'll be coming with Boston College. <laughs> three home games to wrap up the season. Combined attendance for all three games, uh, fifteen thousand. Yeah, no, not that many. No, give give us better than that. Fifteen on three games. Yeah, I mean, you all Dude. been averaging like fifty four hundred. Scanned. No, like yeah, scanned. Yeah, After they, the they, said, they announced eleven, but yeah, the four year requests for scanned tickets. There's 11's- been a couple games that were like seven. If you take that out, the Kentucky game, I, I bet Louisville's averaging less than six thousand. That's right. And those aren't exactly marquee opponents. Uh, the Saturday eight p.m. one. I mean, that's just a pregame, right? You're going to the Yum Center to get after it a little bit and then maybe go uh, Market Street? Maybe a little new action or something? Yeah. Leave early, get cheaper beers on Whiskey Row? That could be a good time. It could be. Ooh, a 5.30 game? That's a weird time for play a basketball game. 5.30. I was listening to a game. I can't remember. It was on the Big X. I guess it was Bellarmine Women. And he... Their guy came on and he was like, "Weird start time tonight, as it's a 6 p.m. tip off." And I was like, "That's it was a Saturday." I was like, "That's pretty standard." That's a it's very standard, pretty, yeah. pretty standard tip off time. It was funny. I was so my sisters uh, they played college basketball in Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Better athletes than me, much better, of course. Yeah. Uh, but we, we were watching the Tennessee game together a few weeks back, and that was an 8:30 tip off, I believe. And my sisters were just like, I can't imagine playing a game this late. Indiana was late 30 last night. Like, doing a weekend game sucked enough. Or no, I guess it's been weeknights when they would play yeah. at 7. They were like, just waiting around all day. Nobody wants to wait around all day to play. It's awful. Oh, I just got an email, Scoots. About? They need T-ball coaches. Come on. Get it. Oh, man. Sign up. Should I do it? It'd be, it'd Is be Duke going to play? Yeah. It's first time playing. My, the thing is, though, is don't, like, do you just do you just get in? Like, I, I've never done t-ball. Co- like, my oh, kids there's, have, there's nothing to coach. Right, I know that. You're just but, wrangling kids. But just from a organizational standpoint. Oh, it's a, not organized. No, but that's what I mean. From a <laughs> wrangling kids standpoint. You can't go in with expectations that it's going to be any sort of organization because it's not. I, I've watched both my nephews play t-ball, and it's a, it's a jumbled mess. 
You'll be do you'll be doing good to keep all your kids on the field. Because the thing is, is I, I feel like it would be a an easy. I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It's coaching T ball. It's not that hard. I mean, it's gonna be cute. But like, you know, do you just what, what do you even do at a T ball practice? <laughs> like, you just run to the base, right? Like, what? I I have no idea. It could be a lot of fun, but I huh. you'll have kids run to third that are supposed to be running to first and. Be awesome. You should do it. If if you've ever coached T ball, please. <laughs> Tips, advice. What what was the guy's name? Paul Phil Amansky? Who that did the instructional videos? Who? Tom Amansky. He did the old Little League uh, instructional videos that were on ESPN commercials. I don't know. Back if in I the nineties. Fred McGriff was on the commercials. I'd have, to see, ads. I'd have to see one. The old heads out here know. <laughs> Y'all know. Now I'm the old head in the room, and you're older than me, Scoots. What the hell? But I'm younger at heart. Actually, probably not. Probably my No, you're just as my, immature. My heart's probably way older than yours. Can I give a shout-out to Coach Roman, who also works for us at Soccer Shots? Good oh. to hear you, bud. So, wait, Roman, you're a coach. I need Give me your tips. Okay. I mean, I, I freshly recently started there not too long ago. Uh, um, so you're coaching soccer? Uh, yes, youth, youth soccer. Soccer, what, what soccer Shots Coaching Academy, 2 to 9, I believe. Oh, so this is perfect. This is the yeah, age I'm looking for, the little similar. ones. It's kind of I did this a uh, few years back in Mockingbird Valley Soccer Complex. A mm-hmm. um, little bit different setup, obviously, um, rather than going. We go to the schools with soccer shots and then set up a little program that we'd run there. I've heard about that. Yeah, like uh, my nephew has a similar deal where they come to his like daycare and they do a little soccer yeah, clinics. Yeah, yeah, we do preschools, kindergarten kids, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and it's a it's a kid. I learned a trick today, actually. Um, one of the main ways to keep the process flowing is you have to be stern, but make sure you're keeping it fun. Okay. So if you're stern, they'll listen and go back to stand where you told them to stand instead of running off, but because they know they're going to have fun. Is well, and do that. Roush is huge, so he's going to be intimidating. Yeah, they'll you got to think of it from that perspective. True. Even if he's not a mean guy, which I don't know if he's got a mean bone in his body, I mean, if I'm a little, if I'm three, four years old, t-ball player, and I see this six foot six giant walking up to me, I'm gonna be scared to death. My my other, so you've already got the stern part, and you haven't even started. My my my, my biggest apprehension of all of this, though, is you just committing to things. Yeah. When you're already committed to so many. Yeah. It'd be nice if I like, like Duke is he's in he's going to be four, and the age range for this t-ball is three to five. So like. Ideally, we you dip your toe in, and then you get into the coaching afterwards. Mm-hmm. Especially me too. I'm not not exactly a baseball Benny. No, you're not. No, it's, <laughs> it's I got. It, is it fun? Sure. Yeah. And am I going to be excited? Yeah. But also, my kid, like when we play out in the yard, he doesn't like hitting off the tee because he'd rather pitch to him because he smash it right. Oh, so, you can. You have that option in tee ball. You can take away the tee. If you're confident that your kid can hit without the tee, I'm sure you could do that. Yeah, but it's tea. you don't want to differentiate too much. Yeah, you do. Have them show all the other kids up. Oh, I'm sure pick that, their game up. That's healthy. <laughs> that's healthy. Meanwhile, I just got a text from my wife. Why do the boys decide to poop at the same time? Always. <laughs> so while you're here, just well, nonsense. I'm I'm dealing with some poopy diapers right now <laughs> with you two clowns. <laughs> Oh man, this show, we're going to get off the rails here for too long. I'm on hour three and a half. We did a post game show past midnight last night. So let's, let's go ahead. 
Roman, let's take a break. I'm going to fill up my water cup, recollect our thoughts, read a few more texts into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Talk a little NBA to wrap up hour number two. Should be a lot of fun. So don't go anywhere. He's Justin Kalen. That's Roman Kelly. I'm Nick Roush. Filling in here for the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X Sports Radio. Whoa, it's not a National Pina Colada Day. There we go. There we go, Scoots. Justin Kalen hanging with me. Nick Roush in the Louisville Business School Big X Sports Radio Studios. Did I get that right? Louisville School of Business Studios. I had uh, one of my close friends did the Accelerator Program that sponsors this. Hmm. It's challenging, but quick, and he makes very good money now. That's all you need to know. The other guy in his class is a professor. And I'm like, how are you a professor of anything? <laughs> what? So, yeah, go do the Louisville School of Business and you'll be a professor or make lots of money. Or you can just keep on listening to us here on the Mike Rutherford Show where we're talking cats, cards, a little bit of hodgepodge of sports. I got some random topics I want to get to uh, and do a little cats and NBA talk. Here in this segment coming up with Zach Gagan, who Zach is a workhorse for us at KSR. Big, big NBA guy. So I'm going to ask some thoughts on that. But Roman, first, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's hear it. The only other person I know named Roman graduated high school with me was voted most likely to be famous. Talented musician. Makes beats. Goes by Dr. Dundiff. Plays quite a few shows. He's, I think he's dialed back a little. More just production. But, uh, yeah, he, he knows a lot of how to play a lot of music. Piano, percussion, you name it. So, can you play music? I, <clears throat> that's, uh, I was always like, I could, uh, there's a couple instruments that I learned and never stuck with, you know. In high school, I did take a piano class, like, uh-huh. the year, the whole, whole school year. Um, and I got to a point of, like, could bring my left hand into some songs and uh, somehow some way i can still remember a few of those songs hey so you could jam out on our piano out there i, I could play a couple yeah there's ah. a lot of songs out there i could play so That's it right. is true all romans know how to play music when <laughs> the saints go marching in kind of a thing oh I could play perfect that you know um i play that one or else will dance i was in chorus in middle school so Oh, and like what can you do in seventh grade it's like a just a thing you can do and then eighth grade chorus you have to get asked by the teacher to come into it kind of a thing it's like advanced program course if uh-huh. you're in eighth grade or whatever i got asked of course wow um and i had a solo whoa eighth grade year in front of the whole school twice because it was like you know every, uh to the sixth sixth and sixth grade seventh grade comes down and then eighth grade comes down what's what song was your solo mr grinch <laughs> oh, so did you go? You're, You're a mean, mean one. one. Oh, yep, just like deep. that. Just oh, like that. Love it. Um, and then yeah, my dad is a uh, big time like 
ex big time drummer. He was in a band. He can he can drum pretty well. He's from Jacksonville, Florida. So I think that's just I don't know. He's got he's a it's where Leonard Skinner came s- from. Skater, surfer, drummer, kind of kind of a guy. And um, you know, there's a drum set in our foyer in the foyer of his house. Oh man, that's uh, and see, I knew we'd fall, we'd stumble into something today, Scoots. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew we would find. Roman does have a secret tale. Oh, there's more than one. There's, there's gotta be. We're just, we're peeling back the first layer of the onion. Oh, it's exciting. Shrek. I wish I could play an instrument. I tried to take a guitar class in college. Showed up and was like, oh, not doing this. Did you? You did the recorder though, right? No, we, we Catholic schools. So we don't have money for hmm. music instruments. I can still play hot cross buns on the recorder. I don't. Is it? Is that tough? B A G B A G B B B B G G G G B A G. Sorry about that. Had Zach calling. Oh, Zachary Binks is he on the phone? Zach Gagan, how's it going, man? I'm here. I'm you, here, Nick. How are you? I, I'm doing well, Zach. It's great to uh, not just text with you, but speak with you. Um, so, I, before I ask you questions that you can make me smarter about the National Association of Basketball of America, I would like to That's first give you the floor. To tell me why you're angry about last night or why we shouldn't be that angry about last night. Is is the season over for the Wildcats? Is the sky falling? Uh no. Whew. Because I can bear, I can see a situation where Kentucky just bounces back on Saturday and beats Alabama by ten points and then we're kind of back in the exact same spot where we were after the Alabama game. And I think part of that is just we have no idea what to expect out of this Kentucky team anymore right now. It's kind of a game-by-game situation. Are they going to score 90 points? Are they going to give up 90 points? We have no idea anymore. That LSU team somehow managed 48 points in the second half after Kentucky held Auburn to 59 for a whole game. So I don't really know what to uh, kind of make of where we're at right now. Yeah, and the thing is that I think, you know, we're not 24 hours removed or about 18 and change. But the further you get away from the initial frustrations of Kentucky's 75-74 loss to LSU – the more you realize, oh, if this team is just hot one day, cold the next, that's not ideal for a single elimination tournament that requires you to win four straight games. No, it's definitely not. And I think part of why Kentucky has all these struggles is it just kind of boils down to something as simple as they've had a half of a game where they had the full roster. And, you know, you can make the argument that if Kentucky has Trey Mitchell last night and they don't have to force feed Uganda 32 minutes and, you know, you, we saw what happened when Aaron and Big Z and Jordan Burks came in. It wasn't exactly uh, productive, even though I think you were the one uh, uh, championing uh, Big Z's plus minus yeah, early on with, yeah. the, you know, the, the plus nine or whatever he was. So maybe yeah. we should have played more uh, or seen more Big Z out there. But, uh, yeah, the lack of, you know, just overall continuity is definitely – making things tougher right now. And I think that's if you want to look, you know, lean on a silver lining or something going into March, if Trey Mitchell can get healthy and everyone plays maybe a couple games together to close out the season and they're rolling, I don't see why they can't put together any sort of run, especially when you have a guy like Rob Dillingham who can do whatever the hell he did last night, which was, I mean, he was the best player in college basketball for about a 10 minute stretch last night. So they have the pieces. You know, it's just a, 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 I, to me, it's just going to come down to can they get healthy enough to string things together for a couple weeks? And if they can do that, then I, I will feel a little bit more optimistic going into, into March. 
We're talking with Zach Gagan. His name's hard to spell, but he's great at spelling. He's a workhorse here for us at Kentucky Sports Radio. And I know some of our audience might not be as in lockstep with KSR. I get it. You know, it happens. But uh, I, I did want to have you on to talk about the NBA and also just say, hey, thanks for grinding because uh, there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of stuff not only that you're putting on the website but also just the stuff behind the scenes that um, I don't think uh, you, you you deserve more flowers, buddy. So if I had a bouquet of flowers, I would give them to you. I would not give you a cake though because that would be against yeah. NCAA rules. Uh, no more cakes at official visits in the hotel or we're throwing you in the gulag. Uh, the NCAA they've really got their priorities in order. Do you think it was the 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 first cookie cake with Jaden Quaintance where? Maybe that's what tips the NCA over the board. They were like, you know what? We can't have this anymore. There is part of me that I want to put my tinfoil hat on and say that Kentucky, like Mitch Barnhart, he's he's high up in the NCAA. And when he sees yeah. that his program's slipping on cookie cake presentation in hotel rooms, says, all right, we just can't. We can't keep up with this anymore. Let's make it to where nobody gets cookie cakes in their room anymore, damn it. Yeah, and it's a shame too because I'm a big I'm a big cookie cake guy if I'm honest. But you know you got to put a little bit more. We need some graphic design work going on, not not uh, some assistant coach or whatever Kroger employee they asked to scribble that on there. Uh, happened to do there. It um, that that was a silly rule that came out from the NCAA today, where uh, first they took away our photo shoots on unofficial visits. Now you can't have any sort of presentation in a hotel room for prospects on official visits. If you want to give them snacks, you have to give it to them in the lobby. It's the NCAA. They've got their pulse on the hard-hitting issues affecting the sport. There's a lot more to get to. But here's the real question, though, Zach, about the NBA. Because you like it. I push back against it because they score 150 points. And that just, I'm like, come on, that's not real basketball. But I know that I'm going to have to start carrying down the road. The All-Star break is ending. And... I'm one of those where naturally it's easier for me to cheer for a former Kentucky Wildcat, um, just like I'm sure it is for many Louisville fans to cheer for Montrezl or Gorgie or any. You know, we just we like cheering for our former guys. So, can can the Suns do it? Can Devin Booker do it? Or are they Ooh. going to be a team that everybody is wanting to see fail because the internet really loves Dave Powell and Kevin Durant? I'll be honest, I didn't think that Devin Booker and the Suns was going to be the first uh, NBA question you gave me there, but I like it. So, uh, With the Suns, I think they have kind of flamed out in the playoffs in in pretty embarrassing, tragic fashion, almost Kentucky-esque over the last two playoffs. So it's going to come down to Ken. They're also in the same boat where they just need all their guys to get healthy because Kevin Durant and even Booker has missed time. Bradley Beal's missed time, but Devin Booker, he's the face of that, that team now. It's not it's not Kevin Durant's team. That's Devin Booker's Whoa. franchise, which is kind of hilarious to think about that he's overtaken him to that point, but that's where we are. That's It's Devin Booker's team. Uh, I know they're kind of middling in the West right now. They're, they're one of those teams that you don't really want to see in any round or situation in the West because all it takes is a couple good games from all three of their superstar, well, two and a half superstars. I won't put say Bradley Beal's a superstar, but uh, sorry if there's any Florida fans listening. But I, it, with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they're going to be a tough out. It's, but we we also haven't seen Kevin Durant play a whole playoff, you know, run and without getting injured. So can can that can the Suns' curse finally be broken of 
just random strings of injuries uh, over the last couple of years finally be broken. So we'll see. I'm I'm just a big – Devin Booker is personally one of my favorite NBA player, Kentucky guys that's in the, in the NBA right now. He's just a lot of fun to watch. He probably has, like, the prettiest-looking jump shot um, that in, in the NBA right now. He's a, a mid-range thief. That's just all he kind of loves to do, and he's really good at it. So that's part of the Suns' issue, too, is they have three of the best mid-range shooters probably in the league right now. And as we all know Great too point. well, mid-range shots are not exactly what you want. So – but if they're hitting sixty percent of them, they're pretty good. So I'm 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 big on the Suns. I probably won't pick them to win the final, win the finals, but I can see them making the Western Conference playoffs or maybe even going to the finals. I want to jump in there too with that point, Zach. I like how you said um, the mid range point there. That's a key thing with the NBA right now, as many offenses only want to you know three pointers or layups. Um, however, I will say the mid range shot in a lot of different takes of analysts and stuff, they say is one of the difference-making shots come playoff time. So um, I do think that the Suns could, you know, be one of those teams that if, if they get a, the right matchup, they could they could definitely knock somebody off that you would planning to see later on in the playoffs. Um, I think there's a few teams that wouldn't want to see them that people wouldn't really expect. Like, I don't think the Mavericks want to see the Suns early in the playoffs. That is not a team they would want to see early at all, um, even though – People say Luca is uh, Devin Booker's daddy or whatever uh, they say <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and I've always said the with the the case since Devin Booker went to the finals with the Suns and Chris Paul and stuff that if Devin Booker is the best player on your team, you're not going to win the finals. I've always kind of felt that way about how much he can truly bring to a NBA defense, really, because, you know, the only good teams that are in the NBA defensively are the teams that are making the finals usually. Um and Devin Booker is one of those guys that he he gives a lot of effort defensively, but at the same time he he can you can find mismatches against him a lot. And Kevin Durant is one of those guys that you can stick him anywhere on the floor with any good score, and he's going to make it easier for them. So the Suns should be an interesting team. Um, I, I like their chances to 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 make some noise, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really pick them to win well, it all either. I, you know what I'm going to cause the upset is they're going to beat the Clippers. Because some, I, I learned the other day that the, the Clippers, take right there. the Clippers are good bullcrap. The, the Clippers cannot be good with James Harden and Russell Westbrook on a team. We've seen James Harden and Russell Westbrook on a team before. Zach, how did that go? Huh? How did that go? Not great. Um, right. It was. It's different when though they're neither one of the best 40, player. Neither one the best player. When they're old and coming out in wheelchairs, I'm not buying it. Uh, but I will say on my. Twitter feed right here. I follow Jeff Sherman, who makes the odds for uh, Super Sport, Superbook Sports, and the NBA regular season MVP odds. Nikola Jokic is five to six to repeat, but two to one. Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander. The other thing I learned today on Twitter, Zach, is that Gordon Hayward plays for the Thunder. So can the <laughs> Thunder actually be good at basketball, or is this an, an aberration? That is the question that probably everyone is also asking because the Thunder were kind of, you know, at the trade deadline, they made small moves, not any, any sort of blockbuster move, thinking that, you know, they're, they're not thinking that, hey, this is our only opportunity. We need to act now and go get another star to put next to Shea and uh, Chet Holmgren, and then Jalen Williams is really good for them too. Um, but they didn't do that. They just kind of went and got Gordon Hayward for whatever reason. I think he's been hurt all year. Uh, regardless, but wow. Shay is Shay is actually my favorite player to watch. I mean, like Devin Booker's up there. I'm a big fan of Darren Fox too. 
But Shea is without a doubt the most fun player to watch, and he is, you know, if, if Nikola Jokic has a, like a bad stretch of, the, of maybe two or three weeks, Shea can easily pop up into that number one spot for the MVP. Um, as far as can they actually win the whole thing? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't think that they. I thought there would be a point where they would kind of flame out a little bit uh, as the season went along, but the numbers are just they just continue to. They uh, stay afloat. They're still, I think, they're second or third in the West right now. Uh, Holmgren doesn't really play like a like a. I guess he's a second year rookie or whatever he is, but they've just got a lot of pieces that seem to work really well right now, and uh, a lot of it will. You know, he talks about the Clippers. I think is Kawhi Kawhi Leonard play a full playoff run? He hasn't done that in several years. If he can, if he doesn't do that, that opens up another spot for the for the Thunder to kind of sneak in there. Uh, you don't really have to worry about the Lakers or the Warriors. You know, the Wolves are the best team in the West right now. Do you, does anyone really trust Rudy Gobert to be, the you know, one of the best Not players on all. the best team Not in the country? Not at all. Hate Not at all, exactly. So I think there's the, the West is very crowded at the top, but I think that the Thunder definitely have an opportunity to, at the very, you know, I don't know if they'll make the finals, but I can easily see them getting to the Western Conference Finals kind of beating the hell out of some, you know, a seven or six seed or something early on, uh, maybe sneaking past in the second round, something like that. So, but you know, they've got, they've got real actual NBA players. It's not like they're just kind of coasting on the back of Shea Gilgis Alexander grifting his way to 10 or 11 free throws a game. They're, they have a legitimately good team and the coach of the year type candidate as well. Um, you know, you got Kaysen Wallace coming off the bench. Oh, there we go. Pretty much the the exact same way he was playing at Kentucky, just in more limited minutes. He just all he does is hit threes and play defense. And the, they're just they got a lot of pieces around. So, so I'm I'm big on the Thunder right now. So what you're telling me is that kind of it's it's the year before the year, essentially. Almost like the Suns when they went to the finals a couple of years ago, where you're like, Man, I think they got something here, but I don't think they're the best team in the NBA. But hey, they made it to the finals. That that could be the case for OKC. I'll I'll take that. Uh, I do need a quick survey of the room, though. Everybody, how old is Gordon Hayward? Thirty-three. Thirty-four. Zach, well done. Thirty-three years old on the dot. I did not realize he feels he's... forty-three, doesn't he? Yeah, because he was this hot commodity when the Celtics traded for him, and it, that feels feels like an eternity ago. It was 2017, well, I, and he was only 27 years old then. Well, I remember very is one of those weird NBA moments that I'll just kind of stick with me for the rest of my life was when broke he his broke his yeah broke his leg pretty much. I guess what was that a couple minutes into the season opener with Five, the Celtics, yeah. and that kind of ruined their whole plan there. And uh, yeah, Five minutes it's in, odd yeah. that he's still kind of floating around the NBA right now. I want to say like was he? I might be. I might be crazy for saying this, but I want to say he was the highest played player in the NBA when that moment happened, too. I mean, it was very Aaron Rodgers esque. Like, that right? might have been the case, actually. Like he was coming off a sign and trade, I think, literally coming off a sign and trade and got a huge extension. Man. Maybe I'm wrong, though. But Five minutes into the season, he suffered that injury. Aaron Rodgers, he suffered it three plays into his start. Uh, sports, unforgiving sometimes. Uh, Zach, I'm going to let you go. Zach Gagan here with KSR, but one final question. Um, that's not NBA related. Most likely outcome for this Kentucky basketball season, and how angry is the Big Blue Nation about it? Oof. Uh, um, 
as it stands right now, I think they get to the round of 32, and that is where things get cut short. And then I think we have a very long and, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it'll be a frustrating offseason. Well, I guess is an easy way to say it, but I'm, as the temperature check right now on that team is, is round of 32. If it is if it is round of 32, though, I don't even think it's that long of an offseason. I think it's a quick change, and then you move on to the next. The long is, the what I worry is that we stay in this middle ground where you spend half the time on a three-hour show arguing if they're good or if they're bad, which is go on a good run but not good enough to be great, right? Like go to the Elite Eight and then get your ass kicked. And then you say, well, they made the Elite Eight. And it's like, yeah, well, they kind of got lucky to get there and then they got their teeth kicked in. Uh, you know, so, but man, if they don't make it to the second weekend, like there's just, I don't think anybody, how many people are going to be uh, happy to have John Calipari coaching Kentucky next year? Uh, not many, I would, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it would be five straight years. How long have you been working for KSR now? Uh, long enough to have only seen one NCAA tournament win. So zero second weekends. Zero second weekends, yes, sir. And that is so at least twenty nineteen. <sighs> I mean, I, I my, when I my very first start with KSR the internship was twenty seventeen. So I saw whatever I think that's right the monk. The yeah, monk, uh, yeah, you're an intern there. We, nobody knew who you, you, you know. We were just like, who's this geo guy? What the hell? Uh, geography. This is geography kid. <laughs> who let him on? Who hired him? And now look. Yeah, look at us now, right? Play the play the Paul Rudd meme. Zach, it's been a pleasure. Everybody, uh, Zach, let's let's get your Twitter handle out there. It's okay. Yeah. Well. F- well. Before I do that, let me say thank you very much for the the kind words there at the beginning. That was you didn't have to say that, but I, I definitely appreciate it. So I enjoy working with you, Nick. I hope you know that. Um, You're a great liar, Zach. But if uh, yeah, so my Twitter it's a fun one. My last name Gagan. I I try and make it easy for people. It's the triple G. You got G E O G H E G A N. You want to follow me on Twitter? Just type in Z Gagan K S R. On the, on the, if you type in Zach Geo on Google, there's probably not going to be many other options that that's pop true. up. Anyways, see that's that's what we need. We need to we need to do a branding for for Zach Gagan. Maybe just Zach KSR or Zach G KSR. Maybe we can we can workshop that. I don't know if Elon will give it to you though. That's the only. There's probably somebody listening out there, a troll that doesn't that wants you to be in the Twitter doldrums. Oh well, right. Zach. I didn't hear what you said there. Oh, you, you didn't need to hear it. You didn't need to hear <laughs> it either. Um, hey, thanks for hopping on with us, helping us out, and talk a little NBA with us. Um, enjoy your 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 weekend away. I'm just, are you getting any trouble this weekend? Uh, my father is actually uh, getting married, and I'm the best man. Oh, you get to? Are you going to do the speech? I am. I have. Uh, I hope he's. I doubt my dad is listening right now, but if you are, I, I'm. I swear, I will create the speech soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it's usually like the best man speech you want to like make like one mildly inappropriate joke but I don't know it's a little different with with pops you know you just well it's and it's you know it's, it's going to be a very low-key situation I won't be speaking in front of you know 50 people or anything like that so I can be I can be a little more personable with it so I'm I, I, I have an 
idea of what I'm going to say in mind. You know, I'll definitely uh, I'll throw some jokes his way and uh, make fun of them a little bit. But yeah, it should be a fun it should be a fun weekend overall. So he's been single for 20 years. I think he's he's earned a chance at love. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I think the the words will come from the soul, especially after a couple of couple of cocktails. Man, it sounds like I had a couple of cocktails. Uh, Zach, hey. it's a pleasure. Zach Kagan from Kentucky Sports Radio joining us here on the show. Talk a little ball on a Thursday, a throwback Thursday. Scoots has got some throwback country for us. Um, before we get to our final break, I did want to remind you all that we don't have to talk about whatever I want to talk about. You can text in and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And somebody brought up earlier, Roush, which of a coach would scare you? And I've, I'm changing my answer. Who do you think of this, Scoots? Jerome Tang. No. That dude's a loser. Come on. That's what I'm saying. I, if I'm a Louisville fan, that dude scares me. Well, as a Kentucky fan, I'm fine. Who I don't want him to get is Scott Drew because mm. that's Kentucky's only option yeah. if if they need to replace Calipari. Yep. There's not – like there are other guys out there, obviously, but he's the only one that would get enough fan approval and also get Mitch Barnhart approval. So that's – that's the correct answer there, Texter. And I appreciate you reaching out on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. I think he would be great at Louisville. I don't know if he would go for it, and that's why I think I brought it up. Like, I think Kentucky would be enough to pull him away from Baylor. Maybe right? so, yeah. Like, you, you get the money, the brand name. I think I think it might be enough to get him away from that school. But if not, he's probably just a couple more years maybe retire, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think Jay Wright woke some people up uh, abruptly. <laughs> Retiring, I think that that did send a message throughout the college basketball world that it can happen, can happen at any time. One more texter on the Thornton's text on says, "Roush, would you take KP back on to be on Cal's bench?" Well, if they win this year, win big. Kentucky's recruited a good amount of bigs, so yeah, I would take him. And and that's also, I think there's a good lesson in the Kenny Payne situation that, and hell, even in the Jay Williams situation about knowing where you are at your best and staying in your role, staying in that lane. Kenny Payne was at his best as an assistant coach. Jay Williams, he was great at college basketball. He tried doing more. He sucked. And he's still trying to do more in college basketball. And he still sucks. Yeah. So, uh, and you know what? That's the case a lot of time for these coordinators that become head coaches, right? Like, is Dan Quinn actually going to be a good coach or is he just a great coordinator? Probably more of the latter. I think that's what uh, A&M fans at least Elko was successful at Duke. It's hard to be successful at Duke. But that's that's a question you always got to wonder yourself. Sometimes you hit home runs, like you get Charlie Strong, and it works out great. Um, but maybe that level is just where you need to be. Um, another texter brought up that Creighton's in the Big East, much tougher than the ACC. So maybe it does work for McDermott. I know you probably want to be recruiting at a higher level, but, I mean, they aren't wrong. The Big East has been better than the ACC for at least the last two years Sorry. from top to bottom. Maybe longer, which is what a bizarro world we're in. Conference realignment. What a bizarro world we're in. We need to get into the bizarro world of commercial breaks when we return. Cocaine! Right here on the Big X Sports Radio. Met a little senorita name a margarita down in Mexico. She taught me more about love in a day or two. I've ever known I had to go back 
Welcome back in to the Michael Rutherford Show here on National Margarita Day on the Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush filling in for the head birdman at Card Chronicle while he dances with wolves in Animal Kingdom. We're going to have a couple different folks filling in over the next few days. I'm joined by Justin Kalen in studio, the Scooter Dingus, and running the board on the other side. The new guy, Roman Kelly. You know what that new guy's doing tomorrow? What's he doing tomorrow? Hosting this show. Hosting? <laughs> All by himself? Yeah. Godspeed. You better send some text in for me. <laughs> you got this. He said he's going to rely heavily on the text line. You got this. <laughs> It'll be exciting. Well, there'll be plenty to talk about. New weekend coming right around the corner. Be plenty. Plenty to discuss. Um, we still got plenty to discuss. I promise you cocaine. I'm going to give you cocaine. Not actual. Okay. Like, I'm not I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to give you some cocaine talk. But we have some texters on the Thornton's text on Scoots that want to prove me wrong. Uh-huh. They're wrong. Love it. Just love, <laughs> especially when some of you Cardinal Bird fans think you're smarter than the Wildcat fans. Ha! Ha! That U of L, two thousand five game that was in the afternoon, but cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> huh? Guess what? The internet doesn't lie. You might have thought it was in the afternoon. It was at four forty Pacific time, seven forty Eastern. It went into overtime. The game didn't get over with until ten thirty on the East Coast. Big ol' take out your suck it and suck it. The AP story was filed at twelve thirty, so. Just go on. Drink it up. You were wrong. I was right. It's okay. Just let him take his victory. It's okay. Text, or it doesn't happen often. And it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, I did. What, I, what I'm bringing up, though, when I'm discussing cocaine. there ha- Johnny Football. That's all this. That's the cocaine. Because this guy, we knew he was a character. For whatever reason, Shannon Sharp has now become the... Like Howard Stern, where people just yeah. tell him things that they don't tell anybody else. So I, I haven't listened to the full interview. I'm I don't really plan on it, but the clips that have come out from the Johnny Football Shane and Sharp conversation, hilarious. The the quote in particular that you're just like, oh my gosh, was when he said he went from 210 pounds to 170 four months later. Shannon said, how do you lose 40 pounds in four months? Well, that happens when you're on a strict cocaine diet. <laughs> Hilarious phrase. I mean, what if, it's like, oh, how, how'd you lose all that weight? Well, I went on the cocaine diet. <laughs> oh, now it's going to kill me that I can't think of the... Mike would know the name of this movie. It was, uh, it was a real freaky movie. came out in the 90s. It was a Wayne's Brother movie. And it's about drugs. And the mom gets addicted to diet pills. Requiem for a Dream. That's what it reminds me of. 
Because the Is lady that the gets, movie you were thinking of? That was the movie I was thinking of, Requiem for a Dream. Didn't even get to the Googling it. Um, it is funny. First 90s drug movie that comes up is Fear and Loathing. Um, didn't even get to Requiem for a Dream out there. But, yeah, she gets, it's, it's real trippy. That movie was weird, yeah. Yeah. I real, don't know if I ever watched the whole thing, but I definitely saw bits and pieces, and it was, it was strange. We had a film class and that was a part of it and i that was the first time i saw a movie i was like what the hell was the point of this this is crazy um but yeah so johnny football went on the 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 mom dot right the mom the mom or the grandma she gets hooked on diet pills uh he also said that uh his dad went to kevin someone and told him for three million bucks johnny will stay two more years which dude that would have been a hell of a deal right someone you could have hit people up and made that happen Johnny Football is just such a just such a fascinating character in football because he happened right after Tebow and they're the same but also so wildly different. So different. Right? Like they're they're built for college success. They're at these schools where they're gods. And the restrictions at the time didn't allow them to be the superstars in which they were. And you knew for the most part that they probably weren't going to be that in the NFL. There were some brief flashes in the pan. But I do at least... I don't know. I thought Johnny would. I thought he'd have a good NFL career. The gunslinger thing always. I was like, this could be fun, but short. And then Tebow beat the Steelers in the playoffs. He did, but that's what I mean. He just never got a fair shake. No, he just wasn't good at throwing the football. (laughs) Like He he was going to be fine if he was in the right... Like Both of those players could have been okay with the right pieces around them in a limited capacity. I at least appreciate that Johnny football, while he still is a little bit of that persona, he is not still drunk on his own sauce. And he's forthcoming about his mistakes. And I hope that it's somewhat of a cautionary tale for some of these kids out there in this nil game. Because it's really easy to get swept up in it there's dollars flying around everywhere. There's a lot of people asking for handouts. And there's a lot more, feels like there's a lot more fame with the internet where it is now. At least from a, you feel it on a regular basis. Because you open your phone, you see the messages, both good and bad. Which, speaking of nil, that was the story of the day in the world of college football, Scoots. Have you seen this? You I've heard seen this? it. Oh, yeah. I'm not as pumped as you are, but... Still pretty excited. If it's in the game? It's in the game. Nil contracts have been sent out to all 85 scholarship players at 134 FBS schools for the EA Sports College Football 25 football game. They sign them. You're getting 600 bucks, and you're getting a free copy of the game. That's for a chance to be in the game. There's also some players who have kind of premier deals. They'll pay them a little bit more. They'll do some promotional stuff. I'm sure there's going to be players that are in – the ads they they roll out in June and July for the game, but Roman, I don't know if you're because uh, I mean this, I, you I'm sure you played this franchise quite a bit back in the day, maybe not as much as I did because it was peak video game days for me, like oh five oh six NCAA, like that was just it's what we did. Probably faded for you some, but this is uh, this is the most. Talked about video game. I can't. I it, it NCAA two twenty twenty five. It shocks me how much people are losing their minds over this game on the internet. It I, is. It's going. Cr- there. There's a big like 
trend going on on TikTok, so I'm I'm pretty uh in tune with Ooh. the with the with the TikTok trends within the sports world, right? Well, like what's right. what's trendy on sports TikTok? So right I don't now? I don't know TikTok. So what what are they discussing on it? So right now there's this trend going on where there's these guys that. And and so NCAA twenty five is gonna have a mode on there like a G a my GM mode a, a my coach or you, where you're you are in control of the franchise but you're also the play caller and you're also like gonna be controlling the players and stuff like that right correct yeah. but you get to sign the players give scholarships out you know basically really run a franchise an organization and so players are like these guys are making memes basically where they get dressed up in like a real polo from a oh. a, a, a D one school you have never heard of, mm-hmm. and they have the hat on and everything, and they're and they've got the actual Penn State mm-hmm. home game against Michigan from a few years back. I don't remember that, oh, that's good. that clip that went viral of their crowd um, um, for the first drive Michigan had that game. It's like the craziest you know atmosphere in the last few years that's been caught on camera. I think, and they're like the trend will be. And they're holding their clipboard up. They're doing all the different movements, moving the headset, getting down on their knees, um, looking around like the the bench. And they're like, me, when I send my one-star QB in week two on the road to play Penn State. And it's like basically just leads to the person making the video having to call a timeout like they had to. Um, and it's just this funny little thing because everybody's going to get on there and obviously pick the smallest school that they actually know. And try to make that like some big Alabama type of program, and that's basically what they're joking about trying to do. But you're gonna—I'm assuming you start off bad. I never played it in any, in any past years. I'm like, if you pick a bad school, you can't get a good quarterback immediately. Obviously, type of a thing. So you're gonna have a one-star, two-star quarterback who isn't very good, and you can like, I guess, actually critique the schedule of teams you're gonna be able to play too. So they're making all kinds of memes about that right now. The my my employer on three. We're big in the graphics suits, and oh yeah, the today has been busy day for the graphics team. Not only putting out news of who's going to be on it, as far as um, the players getting premium deals like Jalen Milrow, but also Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. They're going to be calling it, um, and then they're asking questions like, "Who's going to be the highest rated freshman?" Then you're getting all these former high school recruits chiming in, so. Who's going to be the highest-rated player for Coach Sig, Scoots? Oh, great question. Who's the lineman that came back that you all want? That Kentucky wanted Carter Smith. You think Carter he, Smith. He's going to be probably not. But you maybe. got the receiver back. Wait, he's almost, a, he's oh, your oh, highest-rated yeah, guy. Probably. So. That, that's the one we really McCauley, wanted. McCauley. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name again? Donovan McCauley. Yeah. There we go. McCauley. Who do we? Who do we think the highest-rated Louisville player is? I think I know the answer, but I'm I'm curious. Oh, it has to be Gelati, right? I think I'm for from NFL. Do, do you have a guess there, Roman? I, I really don't. That's tough. If you ask the running back NFL draft people, the defensive back Skinner, right? And his name or Quincy? But why am I getting? I'm getting his name wrong. I don't. I don't know why. Quincy I'm sounds right. How am I getting? I, it's making me very mad that I don't know. Quincy Riley, he is probably going to be a first-round pick next year. If, if you know, everything goes well according to plan, things stay the same. There's a lot of talk that he could be a day-two pick this year, and that's what made it such a shock that he came back. Whereas I think Gelati, uh, 
so there's side stuff with him playing edge at the NFL level, but still a great college football player. So you make a good Louisville's top two players are probably going to be defensive players, which is wild to say in the Jeff Brom era. That's wild. But, I mean, they do have a lot of transfers, too, that I'm not all that familiar with. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that they would get – so the one kid, Colin Lacey from South Alabama, he'll probably be the third highest. Well, Roman said the running back, and I, I can't think of his name, but they did get a beast transfer The number back. one. The number one yeah. in the portal. No, Jenkins was the number one guy. Quinchon Jenkins was. Oh. But – They got a high, highly ranked. I, I, I think to your point about Gelati, though, is depending on position, you're going to be valued higher. Edge rusher will be higher value than Quincy Riley. Um, so I that's where I think it'll be for Louisville. For Kentucky, it's pretty simple. I even came up with my top 10 um, with the help of somebody else using Deion Walker. Um, he's got to be their number one guy. And oh, I think, yeah. Then I think Barryon Brown is not too far behind. Um, but with the, I, I think the thing with Kentucky is some of the transfers, like that. that's one thing about this that you're not sure which direction they're going to go. I think at least for proven players, like I said, with Cullen Lacey from South Alabama, he's got a ton, a ton of production. But Brock Vandegrift, dude ain't played. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to it's gonna take him some time before they can truly assess uh, what he's, you know, going to bring to the table. I mean, the other kid, the kid from Tennessee, they got two defensive transfers too, and Tamarian McDonald and Tyler Bear. I forgot about those guys. They'll be pretty highly ranked. Um, for the cards. So, yeah. I like Dave McCullough when he was a recruit. I didn't realize they got him. It's so... I um I hadn't mentioned this. I think most people know this. Uh, I'm Kim, kin to the Brahms, first, first cousins. So, I have... Uh, even though I do love to hate on the cards online, um, you know, I go to a couple games a year. It's family. I'm cheering for them to succeed. Feels like you're playing with fire with the transfers, though. Tyler Shuck, I'm not sold on. I wasn't sold on Plummer, and I think I was proven correct in that regard. Yeah, they won 10 games. So yeah, he, he but, did what he had to do. No, they were fine, but also, like, Tyler Shuck, I think, is, is the same player as Plummer, if not worse. Just from a, you know what you're going to get. I don't know what Tyler Shuck is going to give. Well, Shuck's got injury concerns, too. Yeah, and, and you know what? We spent all offseason asking about Devin Leary, and – what did he do? He missed like a quarter of football a year. So that might not matter at all, but there is just like some part of me where like Plummer had more yards in one season at Cal than I think Shucks had in his career, right? Like there's just, there's a lot of apprehension about just like dude's 25 and he hasn't played a full season. Yeah, he's got 12 total games played. Right. Like that's, so like there's going to be some natural concerns and I like Thrash better than I like Lacey. I thought Coleman was going to do more when he was brought in. So, in uh, in the other part, that I think my biggest fear, if I'm a Louisville football fan, is less about like you can talk yourself into each year, but the worry is is that like Isaac Garendo, you were n- you had no idea that that guy was going to be what he became in August. Nobody was talking about him, right? How many times are you going to hit on that quote unquote just average? three-star former guy who didn't play much at the other school that turns into a star once he gets there, right? Those are the, that's the hit rate that they got last year that I just, I just feel like you're, it's, it's, it's much riskier um, 
to rely on those guys to be hits than going about the high school route. Well, you should know better than anybody. I mean, that starts with coaching, right? Oh No, a lot of it certainly is. coaching. And, and that is um, like the one thing if you, if you want to uh, – like I, I know Kentucky fans, Luckett likes to call him Bear Brown because the Louisville fans really put him up on a pedestal. But that Miami game was just coaching out of his rear end. They ain't thrown to tight ends all year. And but Miami couldn't cover the tight end, so they threw it to him sixteen times, and then they squeaked by the skin of their teeth. They won a bunch of one-score games. Now, there's a lot of just playing with fire, and that's why I just I hope that expectations are somewhat tempered, and I hope that Jeff just like one day will get a quarterback. That like, who's Jeff Brom's best quarterback he's ever had? Aiden Aiden O'Connell. I'd say yeah. I thought the kid from Caldwell County was better, Elijah Sindelar. But he just didn't stick around for his his super senior year. He he's dealt with a lot of very mid quarterbacks. That that's weird. Like Jeff, come on, you gotta get a better quarterback. Come on. So there you go. There's a little Louisville football talk for you that I did not anticipate to get to today. <laughs> it was not on my list of topics, but you know we get going. We're talking about EA Sports college football. We're talking cocaine. Good points made. Good points made. Louisville does going to have to figure that QB situation out. I think the kid from California is probably better than yeah. this Tyler. I my Here's my biggest concern with Pierce Clarkson. And I know a lot of Louisville fans won't want to hear this, but that kid was built in a lab to kick ass at quarterback camps. And I know you all probably weren't as locked in as some on the Elite 11 camp, but like Think about it. His dad, that's what he did. He trained other quarterbacks to go to these top flight quarterback camps and kick ass. When Pierce Clarkson went to the Elite 11, he was very underwhelming. You would hope that he would at least be good in those situations. I think a lot of the, like, he got a chance to be on a kick ass high school team with a lot of really talented guys. Yeah. So that true. that's the part where you, you kind of worry about it now. You might have something there, but I would, I would just be weary, uh, and you know, know that the schedule too is also not breaking the same way that it did a year ago, right? I mean, got to go to Notre Dame, uh, got a conference matchup with Stanford. Uh, who can remember the storied conference history between the Cardinals and the Cardinal? <laughs> well, Louisville will win that. They got two Cardinals. How? Yeah, multiple Cardinals. Stanford only has one. <laughs> one Cardinal. Yeah, tough multiple Cardinals greater than one Cardinal. That is, of all of the conference realignment stuff, that one's going to be the hardest one for me to stomach. Because Louisville, we know their history. They've played in 100 conferences in our lifetime. TCU was once uh, a, a rivalry for the Cards. Traveling to Palo Alto for a conference game in November. I just It's, it's just my brain... Is not going to be able to handle it. It's going to be beautiful. Northern California in November? Won't it be cold? Does it get cold there? Northern California? It gets cold? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know. You ski in California. I had a friend in college from Palo Alto. Really? She, she was on the water polo team. She was a beast. Yeah, that, that checks out. They, 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 <laughs> they're good out there. Uh, I, while we're at it and talking weird conference realignment stuff, Scoots, I know we said that the playoff was officially official. Oh, I don't want to do this. Not so fast, my friends. This makes me so irrationally mad. <laughs> like, what are we doing? 
I knew I knew when we went from four and didn't do the natural progression up to eight and we went to twelve. I knew it was only a matter of time before we get to sixteen. And it's the same situation here. Why are we wasting our time to go to fourteen? Why not just jump straight to sixteen? Well like the, just stop. The part that makes me mad, so the day I mean it is hours, hours after the official college football playoff management committee rolls out and says, It's official. We're doing 5-7. This is how the format's going to be. 12-team playoff. Coming right up. Hours after they, they make that announcement that this is how it's going to happen for the next two years. All of the commissioners leave that meeting and are like, well, we kicked around the idea of 14. Just all willy-billy. All laissez-faire. Like, we're going to just... I mean, they just toss that out there. You all... What? 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 Like, are they were they trying to do some sort of witness test? Like I I just I don't understand. It's, it. it's the same stupid stuff that they're doing with the with the NCAA tournament. Guys, let us look at this one first. Can we try it out and see how it looks before you just go jumping all the deep end? Maybe this is perfect. Maybe the first round games at home schools. This we finally did it. Maybe maybe. We got him, right? We call the press conference. We got him. Maybe they finally solved the issue, but they're already looking to get more auto bids for the Big Ten and SEC. Just chill the hell out. All the good teams are going to be in the SEC and Big Ten. Calm down. You're going to get your teams in. Can we just can we just chill out for one damn second? Mike always does the whole relationship bit on this show, so I'm going to go with that. It's like you start dating a girl. And before you even go on the first date, you're starting to thinking about, well, what kind of wedding ring does she like? You want to let it play out first, see if maybe you like her, y'all get along before you go the whole wedding. Get to the third like, date before right. you start talking about the names exactly. of the kids, right? It just, you know? it just doesn't make sense. Let it all play out, see how it works, or just go straight to 16 and let's not waste our time with 12. If y'all already are wanting to increase it, because what's going to happen is they're going to go to 14, then they're going to be like, wow, this is really dumb. We don't like this so much. Maybe if we had 16. You know, just a little squeeze, a little bit more money out of this thing. Just go to sixteen now. Fourteen, I guess they're they're just going to do the NFL playoff model. I don't know. It would be dumb. It, I, I just I just want to try this one because I've been convinced that this can be good, especially with hosting first round games on site. But when you look at it now, and I doubt this will be the case, but if you Let's 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 play out the scenario here. There's a situation where you're playing 17 games in a college football season. That's too much. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like can we can somebody get out here and do the player safety bit? I mean, sometimes we know they're just full of crap, but 17 games is way too much. You know, I was listening to interviews with, before the college football championship game. Where you know it's Wisconsin, it's Michigan guys and Washington guys, and they're just talking about how beat up they are, like. It is physically taxing. So you can have a year. Let's say, let's just do the Alabama thing because they're a great example of a team that would go to the conference championship game, lose it, and then be stuck playing a first-round game two weeks later. That's 14 games. They win that. They go to the conference quarter, the, the, the quarterfinals, 15. You win that, 16. You could get up to 17 games in this scenario, which isn't that crazy, right? How many... Georgia, they won... I guess they won, they went undefeated in both of theirs. We had to have some playoff champions that lost their conference championship game, right? 
I'm not sure. Uh, I'm wrecking my brain. That's, you're the football I think, guy. I think Alabama did once. But, like, in this new scenario, that's going to happen. Now, I will be – here's the other part, Scoots, that I won't mind if they if they didn't end up going this direction. If they expand further, then they have to get rid of conference championship games. And I think that's what they ultimately want to do. Because a lot of the conference championship games, how many of them have been good? When you think back on all – like, when was the last time the Big Ten played a competitive conference championship game? Uh, probably the last one I was at in 2018. Was that was Michigan State? Wisconsin, Ohio State. That was pretty good. Is that the one where they had to redo the turf? It got messed up? There's a dude out there trying to fix it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that was silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Roman-Louisville, that was a, a close game. I don't know if I would call it a good game. <laughs> that was a pitiful game. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And it was kind of rainy and just... Uh, it was just, it was bad. Jack Plummer, man, that guy. <laughs> Could always count on him to throw an ill-timed pick. Always. Yeah, it was rough. Brother was there. He was having a good time until he wasn't. Just could see that Jack Plummer pick. It's like, hey, Jack, here's one thing you can't do. Just throw an interception in the end zone. What does Jack Plummer do? But, uh, that game also came down to, like, you're letting this inexperienced quarterback Every time you need the biggest stop of the game, he would get a first down. Like, he, he, how many times did he even throw the ball? Yeah, not many. Um, Ron English, I don't. Uh, not thought thought he might be looking for a new job this offseason, but he he held on to it just a little bit longer. Um, yeah, college football, I love it, but man, it can be so stupid sometimes. I would it would be real nice though if we could just if we could just get to next year if. We could watch Louisville play the SMU Mustangs and some conference action. Be great. Be real great. Whew, what a weird time we're in. And now is a weird time, a great time to take our final break. Scoots is going to give you some locks for this Thursday night college basketball slate when we return for one final segment of the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X Sports Radio. Watching the sun bake All of those tubes covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing It's nice Way to ruin it, spoiler alert hmm. Oh, let's, let's get the chorus, let's, get, let's belt this one out Let's do it, here we go Wasted away again in Margaritaville. Think we can get around here at the Big Exports Radio Studios? Lost Shaker and Salt. So, we got a Keurig. We can get a blender too, right? Stir it on up on National Margarita Day. I'm Nick Roush. Filling in on the Mike Rutherford Show for Mike Rutherford. I think that's his name. Yeah. 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 Checks out. Ruth the turd. He's Justin K on the scooter dingus. We're also hanging out with the new guy. Big fan of the new guy. Everybody, let's give it up for him. Yeah. 
Give it up for Roman Kelly, everybody. Thank That's you. right. Thank really you. crushing it in the producing. Not afraid of the mic. That's the, that's the worst thing when you get somebody that's afraid of the mic. Roman's here. He's got thoughts. He's got takes. And he's even got some insight into his personal life. He's not afraid to show himself. So, Roman, you're doing a great job. I uh, can't wait to see what you're going to bring to the Big X. I appreciate in it. In the days and weeks. Plan to bring to a lot. Uh, I hope you've got a few spicy meet the balls ready. We've got some on the Thornton's text line who the one texter, he came back and said, I was watching on Central Time. <laughs> so that's where there might have been all. still at night. And then we were talking about the old pit snoggle game where you, Avell, won the UV Day game. It ended, it ended at night. It ended around 10.30, 11 o'clock Eastern. I stayed up very late that night. Another text on the Thornton's text line, you can reach in, 502-414-1450, said, Nick, your kitty kittens will be out of the NCAA tournament first weekend, and it's going to be so sweet. <laughs> meow. Meow, meow. Another texter says, the NBA is the way to bet, Roush. College kids are unpredictable. Pros are analogous to horses in high-dollar races. That's a good way to put it. Is that true, Roman? You bet NBA? Oh, I'm, I'm the biggest NBA better you guys could possibly meet. So maybe you're going to give us our big big X bets of the day. I can do that. I can do that. I got one in. I got a couple lines I like tonight. Although, you, although you and Trey the other night liked uh, UConn, so yeah. that, that didn't turn out That's well. True. Well, he said he's an NBA better. He's yeah, not I mean, a college got... basketball better. So what is there anything on the slate that's uh, – um, Anything that – well, so I'm a really, really big player prop guy. I, I love – my NBA players, and I love figuring out what they're going to do. Um, I like figuring out based on the matchups. You know, I don't, I don't use any special tools. I mean, I just use my use my use my brain, my my gut feeling, and then what that player's done in their last few games, and then their last few games against that specific team, and I and I make a decision. So uh, it sounds like you've done your research. Yeah, a little bit. For tonight's action. A little bit. I like Kyrie Irving's line on his points tonight. I like Steph Curry's line on his assist tonight. Ooh, who does Kyrie Irving play for? The Dallas, Dallas Mavericks alongside Luka, Luka Doncic. Okay. They're going up against the Phoenix Suns. So Kyrie, is that your walk of all walks? Um. What, what, what's what's no? So I'm what's a Roman's I'm a, best bet. I'm or oh, bet wise, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman's best bet. My best bet tonight is Kyrie over twenty five point five points, but I would just play it safe at twenty five plus. Okay, that, that point five can screw you over. It sometimes. can it can be tricky. Twenty five is minus one thirty five juice. I might I might tease it up a little. I think both teams are going to score more than they should. I don't think either team is going to defend well. First game back, a lot of scoring on the floor tonight. Ooh, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Be a little lackadaisical. If yeah, you, you know, they're both going to score 110-plus. People so. forget P.J. Washington got traded to the Mavs. Big pickup for them alongside uh, Daniel Gafford. They also picked Daniel Gafford up. Um, the Mavericks, I think those two moves right there are, are like the two, you know, since the Kyrie trade are the, the biggest moves um, the best moves they've made. I think Grant Williams was a mistake, and they 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 realized it quick. They got a better shooter and more versatile defender in P.J. Washington and then a rebound machine in Daniel Gafford. Uh, people forget about Daniel Gafford. But it's – yeah, they do. Didn't, he's He was an SEC guy, right? Yes. Where'd yeah. he play? Uh, Arkansas. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Washington's fourth game. I thought it was his first, but he got a couple in. Um, he's got his feet underneath him. He his total is only eleven and a half, and over four. I think I like his four and a half rebounds. His rebounding line. He's had five in each game with the Mavs. And What's his three point line at? I bet he hits two tonight. Oh, 
I mean, I bet you it's one and a half, and I bet you it's about minus 140, I bet. You're just all over this. <laughs> what is it? Is you got it up? You got it uh, one and a half. You're right. What's the Who's minus that? for minus one fifteen? Juice. Wow. Who's that for? PJ Washington. Oh, okay. Great passer he's playing with tonight, folks. Keep an eye out for that. I think maybe a little single game parlay with PJ Washington. Oh, We're yeah. all going to make money with Roman's best bets. We can, we can we can make it some sort of alliteration thing. I like the Celtics to win out right tonight. I think the Bulls are bogus. Oh, bogus Bulls. Even at home. Bogus Bulls. And then another one tonight, my last last best bet would be I like an alternate over under on the game total for the Knicks and 76ers. I think it's sitting at like 228 or 229 right around or probably 228 and a half. I like like under 235. Just, you know, no Embiid. Don't think don't think there's a crazy amount of scoring. The Knicks don't allow a crazy amount of points. That's just so many points. Um, so I'm used. To, excuse, I'm used to like 150. Yeah, right. Is is, is a lot. Is a different world. It is a, it's a com- different world. Completely. It gets. It gets. It, you know, playoffs. You know that changes. Right. Rosters right. get shortened. Possessions get lengthened. Mm-hmm. Um. All all that good stuff. But in the regular season, up until about right now, you know, when teams really start kind of paying attention to how they want to defend, truly, it could be bad. Like December and January can be crazy months with scoring. Limited college basketball slate tonight. The Thursdays, they aren't great, Scoots. Um, but Bellarmine Knights, they're in action. Five-and-a-half-point yep. favorites at Freedom Hall in Central Arkansas. They only lost by two at Central Arkansas. So is uh, Spears, is he going to be on the call here on the Big X? He'll be on the call. Not on the Big X. It'll be on our, our, yes, 680? On our friends over at 680. Okay. Well, yeah, you can get some beers with Spears and check out the Bellarmine Knights in action. There, It is nice to have. Like a, a kind of cozy college basketball game. This is the dreary February that we're used to. Not the beautiful weather we've been getting as of late. Uh, Purdue and Rutgers is the other big game tonight. Going to be really weird next year when Rutgers has two of the best yeah. freshmen in the country. Right. It's going to going to take the eyeballs and earballs a little while to get adjusted to that. Uh, Detroit Mercy, after picking up their first win, they're ten and a half point dogs. Think they're feisty? Playing the Raiders of Wright State. You never know. You know what they say about Wright State, Scoot? What's that? Wrong college. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. It's an old, that's a dad joke. Yeah. Eh, an Ohio thing, too. Checks out. You're a dad. The Dayton Flyers, they got there. They they took an L last night. George Mason. Called that on the Spears show. No big deal. It was a system play. It was. Perfect system play. Their first ranked win at home in school history. They obviously beat some ranked opponents on their way to the Final Four, with uh, Coach L, as they call him, uh, back in what was that? Was that 05 too? Is it the year Wolverine went to the Final Four? No, it wasn't 05. It was like 06 or 07. Don't remember. Um, yeah, it was a little bit later because the Wolverine one was Illinois, North Carolina, Wolverine, and who else is that? Michigan State? I think so. I don't remember Final Fours. I didn't. You, you and TJ in the mornings just blow my mind every day because you all remember all that. And I, I just don't. It's fun. It's like, you know those tweets where they're like, some guys just sit around and name off receivers? That's I, I can do that with like old college basketball players. I mean, I Final Fours. I can rattle off like phone numbers from my childhood. I That's can, equally as impressive. I can do random NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So is that what we're going to do now? We're just going to start naming off random players? <laughs> Dewan Wheat. <laughs> you next, Scoots. I got Kyle Kurt. 
Uh, we didn't have to stay in the Louisville family. Richard yeah. Lewis. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that was uh, supersonic, right? Richard Lewis? Uh, drafted supersonic and then turned ja- uh, magic? magic? Yeah. Magic he yeah. was on that team that went to the finals, Dwight Howard. Uh, they had another guy, too, that was a good three-point shooter. Uh, Hidu Turgaloo. Turgaloo. Didn't they have like Jameer uh, Nelson? a guy with the name V, like Vashon or... Hmm, hold I on. I want to think of a guy that his, his name had a V in it prominently. That was like a stretch four for the Magic on that team. But I I might just be pulling that on my butt because I'm thinking of Turkaloo. But nevertheless, that was us naming NBA players. Yeah, it's always fun. I like naming Final Fours better though. Although I don't know if Kyle Couric even did he go to the NBA? I don't know no. that he ever did. He was not on the Final Four team. I think he too, made a correct? G League team though. Oh, that count. counts. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he had that situation, too, where he had the brain tumor while he was overseas. Still, that, he still made sucks. it back to the court, though. Yeah, yeah, for the TBT team, which uh, I love that we're going to get a Louisville and a Lexington regional. Would have preferred if they would be in the same one so they could potentially play against each other. Well, they can because the Louisville and Lexington regionals will play each other. So if they both win. Yeah, how, they'll, how they'll ban- play. How bananas would that be if they play, okay. met each other? In the I got to get courtside for that. It would be bananas, but... Let's, let's let's be real here. Both teams are going to be too old to go that far. <laughs> like that that's the thing about TBT that's fun initially, but those guys they just get too old. I mean, we saw the Louisville team run out of gas last year. And they did I mean, they did as good as you could have wanted, right? Where they won a couple games, they get to the, the third and it's just like how much can you ask Russ Smith to do at 30? You know, like it's just it's 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 a tough ass. So, I have a feeling we don't we don't know rosters. I I thought didn't didn't I see a couple of younger guys like Montrez? He's he's on the older side, but didn't I see a couple other names on that Louisville roster, Roman? That were kind of impressive. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to got Peyton Siva. He's old too. I'm sure Russell make his way in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he he did a good job promoting his uh, bourbon. <laughs> that the. That was a well-placed sponsorship opportunity to help his brand grow. Um, so shout out to Russ Smith for for, for getting that done. Um, so I think who else they announced, and of course the CJ story doesn't have it readily available. Oh, that's no fun. Courier Journal, yeah, it's been seen better days. So yeah, we got Harold and Siva were the only two I think that actually had been announced. Heard Dwayne Sutton. He was fine when they played for him last year. Mm-hmm. Just fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was actually courtside for it last year. Oh. For the Eberlin Drive. Have you heard of them? Yeah, they're they're good every Didn't year. Didn't they have Christian Watford? Is yeah. that who he played for? Oh, of course, Scoots has to sneak in a Christian Watford record. Yeah, it's the Louisville show. Suck it, Cats. Yeah, Nick Mayo was the best player on Louisville's team, though. Yeah, Ooh. Archie Goodwin last year. Was there do we think there'll be a uh AJ Slaughter? A recruiting battle between the Kentucky and Louisville teams for Mayo? OJ Mayo? Nick Mayo. Oh. <laughs> the the okay. EKU guy that played for. Gosh, OJ Mayo. How old is he? <laughs> I was gonna say he's at least forty. Dude, OJ Mayo's the kind of dude too that looks twenty five years older. Thirty six. I knew I was I knew 40 was way too old as soon as I said it. But, you know, he's probably got a little bit of a bald spot off the top, salt and peppery beard, you know. And, and, still, like, and I bet he can still hit a mean fade Oh, he's, he is Uncle Drew, just like the old version, right? Yeah, the true Uncle Drew. Yeah, like who can still hoop, you know, he can still play. But 
is talks with a raspy voice and like back in my day, you know, like OJ Mayo is the new Uncle Drew, which so you said he's 38, 36, 36. That's crazy that like okay. you know, LeBron James is right. older. Roman, I need you to pull up the 2005 McDonald's All-American roster. This is where we're getting into our let's name players portion of the show. We're three hours in. We're going strong and we're finishing strong because that brings us back full circle. That I wonder game, how many. I wonder how many. What's the over under on how many names I can name on this roster? Oh, you'll name almost all of them because it was a legendary. Like, there's so I many NBA of, superstars, I of, I and I bet seven of them are still in the NBA. Scoots, get a guess. I'll go with eight. Oh, okay. You're yeah. saying bullish. All right. Yeah. So Roman. Wow. Uh, yeah. You guys, oh, I don't think you guys are right. <laughs> I well, don't think you guys are right here, here, at all. Here's the question. Is Blake Griffin still in the NBA? At the moment? I think so. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He doesn't he's a play. Celtic, isn't he? Yeah. He's a Celtic still, so there's one. James Harden, obviously. Okay, hold on. I'm not looking at the right thing. Okay. 2005 McDonald's All-American rosters. There's an East Boys roster and a West yeah, Boys so, roster. So we're doing combined players for both teams. Okay. And yeah. that was this the is, game was played in Louisville at Freedom Hall. Uh, I believe I got I, – oh, I might have the wrong year. I was going to say, this is Lou Williams, Danny Green, mm -hmm. Andrew Bynum. Yeah, I, I got the year wrong. It would be oh, – Tyler Hansborough, Monte Ellis, Mario Chalmers. Is it 2007? Okay, it's probably 2007. I just gave you so much credit for your memory, Ralph. Damn it, I got my years wrong. Good grief. I was a freshman in high school, so it actually was probably 07. Okay. I got my odd years wrong. Let's see. Yeah, it's 2007. James. Yeah. Is Derrick Rose still in the NBA? Yep. Yes. So that gets us up to three. With Memphis, right? Correct. Uh, Kevin Love? Yep. yep. He's Miami Heat. Gosh, it's crazy he's still there. And it's crazy that Kevin Love was the fat guy that can make half-court shots with his chest pass or full-court shots with chest pass. <laughs> then he became the skinny, like good-looking three-point shooter. Jay Lucas, obviously not. Eric Gordon, he's out of the he's league. He's on the sun. He's in. He's a starter. Eric yeah. Gordon's a, a starter in yeah. the NBA? Still. Well, what? Well, Bradley, because of the weirdness with the guards and the situation with the guards going out, you know, you know, like Booker and Booker's missed time. Bradley Beal's missed a lot of time, so he's been in and out of the starting lineup alongside Grayson Allen. Okay. But uh, I'm afraid we're reaching the end of the road. We got up to five current NBA players, which is impressive for being – Hold on. Let me look at this one more time. Yeah, there's got to be a couple more. This was 14 years ago. This is, I mean, Derrick Rose, Eric Gordon are admittedly really old. The problem is, is like the second teams is Jared Bayless. I think he potentially could still be on the NBA roster. Bald Bayless is bald. Ba Jared Bayless still on the NBA roster? I want to say he's no. not. Like, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would be either. Patrick Pat. See, Jared like, Bayless a is on the Minnesota Timberwolves. So up to six. <laughs> we got to six. Okay, let me look a couple other names up because I think Chris Wright. Who? Might be hanging around. He went to Saint or to Georgetown, um, and it said that no, he was he he never went. To, no, he's an overseas guy. Um, One of these names looks. Familiar. Nolan Smith. He was in that. Is he still? He's 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 not in the NBA, is he? Nolan Smith. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Unless he's pulling double duty. Somewhere. No, he's not. He's, uh, he's a coach. I know. Yeah, I was going to say. I was, I was playing along uh, with your joke. I, I, okay, there was, but there was a moment there where I thought, I was like, Scoots, you've been doing Rutherford, and Nolan, you just have just completely not been paying attention during the Nolan Smith talks. But, so we got up to six as of right now. 
That's crazy that James Harden's the only player on that level still out of this list. I don't, I don't think it's that crazy. Like, But you got to think about it. These were high school all-stars. If you go through McDonald's All-American, like some of those guys just even flame out in high school, right? Yeah. But the fact that Patrick Patterson spent 10 years in the league, right? More, more than that. O.J. Mayo, 10 years in the league. Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley. He's still in, right? He's he's NBA. No, he's, he's not in he's the moment. He's probably China or he's, something. No, he, he's like pickup gems around the around the <laughs> country. So he he did the thing. Like he still plays with the NBA guys in the summer, but right in 2022 he was with the Shanghai Sharks. He did the thing where he went and cashed a bunch of checks playing in China, um, but it was on the Lakers as recently as 2019. Yeah. So about half of the roster spent a significant. Half of the 24 guys spent a significant time in the NBA, which is rare. And then some of the guys weren't, you know, like a lot of these All-Americans. They're good college players, but they're not great pros. Nolan Smith and Kyle Singer won a national championship. So that was a great All-American roster that we got treated to. Um, it felt like that was when those games were valued a little bit more. They were a lot more competitive. Um and I don't think that's like a these days thing. Like you just see all star games now; they're a bit of a showcase. The practices matter more to them, right? The scouts are there. It's a little bit more hyped up. The one that is unfortunate that like kids don't get to enjoy now because I loved going to it as a kid was the Derby City Classic. Um, that was back in '05 when Greg Paulus, Mario Chalmers, uh, who was the dude for Kansas, uh, wore double zero. Um, was on their title team too. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. It wasn't Darrell Arthur. Um, Didn't he, he had a huge game-winning shot? Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush. Brandon yeah, Rush. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was at that game. It it was great because at the time they would always pull a couple of these players that were going to UK. So it was your first chance to get to see the UK guy or the IU guy or the Louisville guy. But then it was other pretty prominent players elsewhere. I mean, the Derby City Classic had Chocolate Thunder in it back in the day. It preempted the McDonald's game, right? Daryl Dawkins was at the Derby City Classic before he went to the NBA. The problem was is the shoe companies, they got more money than the Kentucky Derby Festival does. So Jordan Brand came around right around the time when I was watching Patterson and Jay Lucas and all that sort of stuff, right? And that's when it started dwindling. And what's crazy, though, is that the last MVP of the Derby City Classic, this would have been 2017? Yeah. Any guesses on who the last MVP of the Derby City Classic was in 2017? I've got nothing. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? They don't, they don't do MVP anymore? They, they haven't played it since then. Oh. It just... Because you, you had a limit on how many all-star games you could do, yeah. so they went to all the shoe company ones, the Nike Hoop Summit, okay, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they phased it out. The last MVP, 2017? Yes. Scoots, I need you to guess. Hold Trivia on. Trivia Thursday. I can get this right. You can get this. You both can get this right. So you got to think about what the Derby City Classic was at the top. This is your they're fresh. They're going into their freshman year. Correct. At 2017. Oh, it was Malik Monk and, and De'Aaron Fox. Oh, you're... No, that was in 2017. So Correct. They were, they were, they were that that was their final year. So you got to think of the 2018 Louisville and Kentucky teams that would have players that are freshmen going to be really good. Honest, my mood. I, I I've got nothing. 
Quentin oh, Snyder. Quentin Snyder. Okay. I think both of those actually played in that game. But this guy's already been a topic on the show today and might be the MVP of the National Basketball Association. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander. He had something like 33, and it was very much a Kentucky internet thing. We were like, huh, our worst recruit is better than all these Louisville guys because Louisville did have a pretty good class that year with Snyder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they probably brought five guys to the game, and I want to say they had a McDonald's All-American come in. Roman, we should have known it was a Kentucky guy. Ray Spalding would have been yep, with Spalding. that class. Yeah, so like um, Shea Gildas Alexander, he's been MVP before. <laughs> He'll be an MVP again. Just what can't that guy do? Fashion icon. That's what we need to do one day, Scoots. I know we're not a visual medium, but maybe wearing NBA fashion into a show that that could be that could be. There's been talks that we could become a visual medium. You know, that, they say the YouTube cameras are coming next week, so uh-uh. hang on for that. If I had a, a, a dollar, <laughs> I'd have five. <laughs> this has been a good show, boys. It's been fun. My throat's starting to crack a little bit. Dingadell. Dingadell. We brought Dingadell as well. <sighs> Dingadell. Who could forget? He wasn't the guy. That was a, a gal that transferred away from Louisville and transferred back. A Koya gal, correct? He know. transferred away when Patino was there, and then the portal opened. Made it easier, and he came back as like a fifth-year guy for Chris Mack, I want to say. Hmm. Ah. The good old transfer portal. <laughs> we do have a little bit of calmness in the portal now. I, one final quick recruiting thing. I mentioned that silly rule earlier when we had Zach Gagan on. Pleasure having him on. And Dylan Ballard calling in to help us with this three-hour Mike Rutherford show. But there is a I – I don't know how many football recruit Knicks. Brian Fisher – um, who's a reporter for, I believe, the Sporting News, said that there's talk about changing up the recruiting calendar and maybe even on a trial period getting rid of the December signing period. So, you know, December, pretty crazy. College football season ends. Transfer portal opens. You get ready for bowl practices. You sign your recruiting classes. You have your bowl season. You fire coach. There's just a lot happening. They want to make December a little bit easier, move it back, we're suspended. The problem is, I, I'm with them. I would love to go back to February. But how many kids are early enrollees? I believe there were 17 of Kentucky's 24 editions Jeez. were on campus in January. Now, that I think that includes transfers in that number, so it might be 17 out of like 31. But essentially, 60% of all high school classes now, those kids graduate early and show up in January. So, like, you're not going to get rid of that. I think that just happened somewhere big, and then the coach got fired. Yeah, and then they, they end up changing things up. So, that's something to keep an eye on, even if they do change. I don't know how much it's going to change, but I appreciate all of the listeners out there who endured the change today, stuck with the Mike Rutherford Show, even though Mike wasn't on. He's enjoying his time in Disney. We enjoyed our time with you. Roman, it's been a pleasure getting to know you today for the last three hours and Scoots. Buddy. See you. I'll see you in 12 hours. That's right. Y'all have a great day. This has been the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Portrait. But it's a real beauty. A Mexican cutie.